And now it's time to go to therapy. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Obi-Wan. If someone else beside you came to you and said, I want to make episode seven, w could you see that happening? No. No? Absolutely, positively, you're really up closing the door without right. any wiggle room whatsoever. Right. There is no episode seven. Happy 2024, everyone! Yay! Cue the air horse sound effects! Boom, 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 boom! Of course, we're not... Actually, in 2024, we are days before that, reconvening as friends watching Star Wars. And... Well, but when you're hearing this, it's oh, 2024. Oh, but of course, yes. Yeah. And by yeah. the way, I'm Steven. I'm Caleb. Uh, I'm Alex. And what, what are we doing? Welcome to Star Wars Therapy. Where we talk about Star Wars. And, and life. life. Yeah. I was about to say, y'all are lucky Ringing that... in the new year. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are, are lucky that we're doing this in the tail end of 2023, because 2024, I've decided, it's going to be my villain era. Oh, yeah. Is that because we're going to be watching The Last Jedi? No. I think it's because <laughs> our show has been too positive and uh, based around- It's been around, too good of a time. Based around friendship. I think mm -hmm. we need a little bit more hostility, and that's what yeah. I'm going to bring to the show in 2024. I can't take this seriously. Yeah, also, we like, need Caleb... to monetize this, so we're going to talk about how Star Wars is woke and how Disney is ruining everything. Our yeah. goal by the end of the year is to get not only William Shatner, but also Leonard Nimoy to hate us. How are we going to do that? I don't <laughs> we're going to skip right over Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> well, in particular, we're going to have to do some witchcraft to achieve the second part of that, because uh, Leonard Nimoy is dead. I, yes, um, I know. I do... <laughs> But listen, we have to. Be we'll resurrect him with a Lazarus pit, and he'll say, "My God, what am I the doing Leonard, here?" Yeah, the Leonard pit. This is not my beautiful wife. This is not my beautiful house. Oh my gosh, how Mr. Spock, letting the days go by, let the water hold me down. This is how we'll beat Star Wars theory in the search the search engine algorithm. He's pissed off one member of the Star Trek cast. We're going for all of them. That's right. Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, the commentary that we'll be doing today. Yeah. Uh, I think that we all can say that when this movie came out, we all were pretty excited. Yeah. Pretty happy. It's but... complicated. I'll get into it a little okay, bit. Okay, yeah. definitely. This is definitely a Caleb's tri like trial year. And by that, I mean you're going to go through a lot of trials on this podcast of discussing your feelings about weird properties <laughs> that that are attached to your childhood yeah i just i had a toxic fanboy moment with the force awakens and we'll 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 uncover oh, that interesting um okay. I, that might be exaggerating a little bit too much but by pre premiere night i was very excited for force awakens and this is a uh i don't know i think this is gonna be <laughs> Here's the thing. How we, to say nothing with more than three words. <laughs> we were not. Oh my God. He's doing the SpongeBob meme where he spends like hours <laughs> writing an essay the... and it comes out to the. Great time. <laughs> we weren't going to start the commentaries this year so soon, but expounding factors in all of our lives were like, we need an easy one. Yeah. yeah we need to start one. out with an easy recording. I'm just hanging out with my friends watching a movie that I actually do really like. Yeah, Yay. that's the thing. Force Awakens is a good movie, and but what's going to be weird about these is we, like collectively, have just seen the originals and the prequels so much. How often have y'all rewatched the Force Awakens? 
I rewatched The Force Awakens a whole lot when it first came out on like streaming and DVD just because it was one of those things like I loved having Star Wars back. So I probably watched it like a bunch in 2016 and 2017. But then it was kind of like after The Last Jedi came out, I just that's kind of where a lot of people had to make some decisions about star wars and how they put it into their lives and so after that point it just kind of started to feel like eh, i don't really want to revisit this era of star wars too much i get you <laughs> i was no i'm uh i'm pretty much in the same boat kind of where uh like when it came out man i do you remember like the energy around the yeah. force awakens release it was an insane time to be alive yeah. it's like it had been I mean, you know, before that, it was, I mean, if you're not counting, like, Clone Wars and whatnot, it had been, like, ten years since Revenge of the Sith. And so, like, we were getting into that, like, new generation of Star Wars. And it was it was just at the time where just not much else about Star Wars was happening too much, or at least not on a grand scale like a movie. And so, like, to have this thing uh like finally coming back i just remember like just the energy around force awakens was so dope it was so fun to experience that and so like kind of as an extension of that is i i watched it repeatedly a lot right after its release i saw it in the theaters a few times yeah i think i saw it like probably four like three or, or four yeah. yeah i the last time i, I just checked my letterbox I have not logged down Letterbox, and I got my Letterbox fall of 2016. So I hmm. think the last time I watched it was because I remember watching it movies at the park. So that must have been summer of 2016. So I don't think I've seen it in quite a bit of time. Wow. Okay. And that also probably means that I saw it twice in theaters, so I've probably seen it three times. Yeah. Um, Not the familiarity with it that i have with the other ones i can understand that i think that it's like i am with alex in the sense of i associate the feeling around it more man there is a cringy cringy youtube video on one of my old t channels of me reviewing it and being very very happy and all i can think of is oh, i want to see this so oh bad. it's so bad it's so bad but i'll i'll send you the video link later okay. i i hate it I nearly said I nearly said a swear word. I was so frustrated with myself for bringing that up. Um, no, but it was like I think about how excited I was that like Star Wars was a thing again, and that it was around Christmas time as well. So like everyone was super happy. You know, the holidays people were running around. I was in college. I felt pretty free and like. I was like, oh, my God, and a new Star Wars movie is coming out. And then when you saw it, you're like, oh, my God, and it's actually pretty good. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. So uh, we have it pulled up on Disney+. Plus. So if you are going to watch the movie along with us, then pull it up on Disney+, Plus or whatever, however you have it. And hit play in three, two, one. Happy New Year! Oh, the buffer. Man, that was Wait such an input Wait delay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> if you two are pulling this up on a TV. Well, you know what? You'll get the general idea. <laughs> Who right. cares if it's a couple seconds off? Okay, All yeah. Right. I'm just picturing seeing the Lucasfilm logo in theaters again. Oh, man. I'm thinking of that one meme where, like, it's pulling this up and the dude's Sorry. taking a picture with the flash. <laughs> and he goes, shut the light off. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's turn off the light, jackass. Yeah, turn off the light, jackass. <laughs> it's and not jackass. The... It's uh, you moron oh but, is that yeah. what it is okay i think so can you turn it down just one more oh, yeah. episode seven okay turn off the light jackass so <laughs> this is my it's tough to say but i think this might be my favorite of john williams's scores for 
the movies. Ooh, really? There's some really good tracks in this. Mm. Ray's theme in particular, I really like. And we won't be, we can't talk about too much because we have the volume turned down low. So, but just since it's the opening crawl and the music's the main thing here, I want to, I want to drop that hot take. You know, I can understand that. Um, I, I will always think that Revenge of the Sith has the best one just because I think that that, that is the one where the, the tone of the movie, I think, is carried by the music in a way where it's like if the music was out of the movie, all of the all of the music that is specific to that movie, if it was out of it, I don't think it would function as well. Whereas with this one, the tracks that are added are really good and I really like. But I think if they were removed, I don't think it would be any less for it. But I can see, I can see. The, we might need to have an episode of soundtracks because I don't Ooh, think that yeah. I don't even think Revenge of the Sith is the best of the prequels. <gasps> um, and all these are John Williams, so they're all spectacular. But <gasps> Ringo is not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I wrote a song. That's great, Ringo. We're gonna put it right here on the fridge. <laughs> oh. I, I did, oh man, it was so cool to see this in theaters. I'm just thinking mm. about that experience and how everyone, there was like this like buzz in the air. And yeah, it, yeah. Was a, it was a wild time because it kind of had like the, uh, like have you seen like those clips of people like waiting in lines for uh, like Phantom Menace in like 99? Yeah. It was like that energy all over again. But also like this this opening shot, I love the chaos of like, um, and it's actually funny. This is one of my first time rewatching it in quite a while. Um, it's one of those things where, like, I love the the ferociousness of like the lights sputtering and stuff. I, what does it remind? It reminds me of like a Halo fan film. Well, you know what I mean? Where it's like the ODSTs are about to drop, and it's like <laughs> the lights are, you know, the rain is going, and they're like, <laughs> like. Well, and it, the camera is very dynamic. That that shot that just had of panning around to BB-8 and then BB-8 moving into like the close up and the focus shifting, and like that is really good and fun camera work. That I think is yeah, like kind mm-hmm. of kind of makes this movie stand out as like a modern blockbuster. It's one of the things that JJ Abrams actually brings to it that really does work. Yeah. And meanwhile, Max von Schiedow, acclaimed actor, <laughs> I'm going to be a tree after this <laughs> in Game of Thrones. He played Jesus in the greatest story ever told. A bad movie. Um uh, <laughs> is that the subtitle? <laughs> the greatest story ever told. A bad movie. <laughs> That's like, oh my god, have you ever seen the trailer for Bebe's Kids? Yeah, oh I've yeah. Seen, I've watched Bebe's well, Kids. Oh yeah, no 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 the trailer though specifically. The movie's like fine. It's weird. It's like a pre proud family kind of style yeah. movie, but like it um in the trailer it goes, Bebe's Kids, it's animation. And that's it. Yeah. And like, it's like it's like going it's like going Battlefield Earth. It's film. Like, oh man! Um, and I love these stormtrooper designs. I think it is kind of like a cool. They I like. I, it's it, a cool yeah. update. Yeah, they've, I like it. They've grown on me. It, when I first saw them, I thought they looked kind of dumb, but now I, I kind of like it now. I think definitely. I think I talked when we watched the originals about how seventies some of that stuff looks. Mm-hmm. These I don't think the characters particularly look very twenty tens, but the stormtroopers do. You know what? I yeah. totally get that. I completely get that. Some of the outfits definitely do have a lot of that feeling. I actually think that's one of the few God, I can't believe I'm about to say this. One of the few things that Rise of Skywalker actually does get down with some of its original characters, like Zori Bliss, 
is mm. like, oh man, that actually feels kind of like now. Yeah. You know, that's like it one of the only current. parts I can give. There, there there's the one positive. Hey, we Dude, we'll have to come up with to you for knowing her names. <laughs> yeah. I, well, it's just because it's such a weird name to a nothing character. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she doesn't do anything. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of like how Babu Frick. I, the man, his Love whole Babu entire Frick. character is, <laughs> but his name's Babu Frick, so you're like, yeah, I remember that. See, that's where that's where I think just Star Wars shines a lot, is they'll just give you, like, quirky little characters that really don't do a whole lot, but it's just, they're just fun to have they're around, just, like Babu. Weird little guys. Yeah. Hey, hey! Hey! <laughs> so, giving... I would get a Babu Frick tattoo on my right Oh, he'd be cheek. dope. So, Podern is giving BB-8 a, a, uh, the map piece. Um, which Dameron. I, I'm so sorry, Oscar Isaac, come you. on the podcast so I can apologize. I to your wish face. you would, so I can ask you about your portrayal of Moon Knight and if you read the Jeff Lemire comics. Oh, I want to ask man. him about Apocalypse, but okay. Uh, um, really? Yeah, I want to ask him how he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> what character did you bring to that? Everything will fall. You follow blind leaders. I am learning. Um, Hell, I'd ask him about Spider Man. That man has been in everything. Wait, who is he in Spider Man? He's Spider-Man 2099. Oh, yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. he was cast as Solid Snake, but that hasn't um, happened yet, and that movie's kind of in development hell right now. I'd ask him about Lewin Davis. And when outside Lewin Davis Davis is coming out. Um, (laughs) As someone who's never played a Metal Gear game, he'd be a good Solid Snake. He would. He's also a fan of the game. (laughs) Oh, okay, that is good. Please let this happen. (laughs) Let him Henry Cavill this. The one I... And I guess we can parse this conversation out, but... This is obviously calling back to Leia giving R2 the the plans for the Death Star. Right. And it leads to one of the most prevalent critiques of the movie that I think is really attached to the identity of the movie is that this is just Force Awakens, or this is just A New Hope again. This is just The Force Awakens. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You're telling me this whole time we've been watching The Force Awakens? <laughs> um, uh, My God. Uh, yeah, Alex. Yeah, but buddy. That's insane. Open your eyes, sheeple. What do we think about that? So he here's my here's my take on that. It's like because it used to, for some reason, it used to really bother me when people say that. It's it's right. The basic plot outline is very very similar. Yeah. To a new hope. I mean, it's but I think like I think you kind of have to think about like where Star Wars was at the time. Because, like, back then, obviously, Star Wars was... I mean, Star Wars has always been a really big thing. But uh, a big part of it was, like, like the prequel hate like was, like, mm-hmm. very prevalent at the time. Like, be, like, really, in the last 10 years, we've seen a huge shift back to, like, oh, people love the prequels now. But, yeah, like, yeah. at the time, like, the cool thing was to hate the prequels in the way that it is, like, now the cool thing is to hate the sequels and whatnot. Uh, and so I think, like, with the, <laughs> what? Sorry, I love... Sorry, I was laughing at the line. I forgot he says, so who talks first? Oh, see, talk first? Right. oh yeah, yeah. It's a really good line. Sorry. That's no, 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 hated, no, you're good. I hated that in the theaters, but it has grown on me over time. I, yeah. I love it in comparison to a lot of things. Look, they had that, but they didn't have the stupid, oh, you know, like, uh, I don't know that guy or whoever he is. Oh, oh yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that dumb yeah. scene. Sorry. But, uh, no, no, you're good. Um, But I think, like, kind of just working off of the the framework for a new hope was like a relatively 
safe thing to do, but also like it, it kind of gave just a modern spin on the old classic without making like a one for one remake of it. Yeah. And yeah. so like, to me, it's, it's refreshing. It's, it's how you say like, Hey, this is star Wars. This is what you've known and love just kind of like, but like, here's how we've extended it in a way. Yeah. It's, if that makes sense. Well, like that just, yeah, yeah no, definitely. I think I mean, that's a fair way to look at it. One of the things too, is that like, I, I think it's easy to forget that like, guys, how many stories have been told that are like beat for beat, the same thing. And some, you know, internet reviewer is like, this movie is terrible because of the plot. Things are exactly the same. Why toy story and the walking dead are the exact same thing. Like there was a whole article I saw on that. And I think about that, but it's, it's kind of like this. I think that it doesn't necessarily matter if it's beat for beat, if there's a purpose behind that. Yeah. I think in this case, it is rather intentional because like you said, where people were at at the time, like, yeah, the prequel hate was bad. All this movie had to do was be okay. Yeah. Like literally (laughs) all it had to do was be a seven out of 10 and people were going to be like, it's the second coming, the prophecy. And And what's funny is that's basically exactly what happened. That's what it is. Like, like this is a very like, okay to good movie. However, I think. (laughs) But at the time, everyone thought it was amazing. I think it's the only (laughs) sequel that has like almost in general, majority positive reception. Yeah, definitely. It's unanimously like this movie is not very problematic. You can be a fanboy and, and like nitpick things. But, like, I think a really good example is that, um, first off, I love how imposing they make Kylo Ren feel so that when later you see his face and you realize he's just kind of putting on a facade, like I'm acting evil, really. Um, It's really interesting, though, knowing that he is super powerful, though. We've never seen someone hold a blaster bolt in place. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like... (laughs) I think I think where this movie works because I'm fine with them remixing ideas from Star Wars and visuals from Star Wars. I feel like Ray, Finn, and Kylo feel like different characters. Yes. Poe, yeah. not so much, but he's also not that important. Uh, Poe, I feel like is kind of all the roguish elements of Han Solo, but at the same time, like. I see him as like more responsible, but reckless. I just wish that there was more with his character. Unfortunately, the most we get is last Jedi in which the problem is communication. Well, um, we'll talk but... about last Jedi when we talk about last Jedi, but <laughs> yeah, I know. we're not I... starting this yeah. fight early. Yeah. Not till um, April, my friends. <laughs> but I will say like Ray. Yeah. Cause Ray, Ray just got introduced on screen. Uh, we're seeing her scavenge. It's really cool shots of scale in this sequence. The the music is playing, which Whee! I've already said I really like this this uh, this track. Yeah, but I think this is this is a really compelling way of introducing a character, and I feel like Ray is has the potential at first to become a uh, a protagonist that fits in, but brings something new. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting because like. She first off in this scene alone. Yeah, I love the score in this scene. I love all I love the way it feels because I love the practicality of it. But I also love how they use scale. Like I love seeing a person next to a Star Destroyer and like because most of the time when we see it, it's like in a ship point of view. Um, Yeah, Ray at first feels great. It feels like she has an opportunity. Unfortunately, the direction she kind of goes in is just a girl with a lot of misinformation, unfortunately. Like, no wonder in, like, the next movie where, like, they ask, what do you know about the Force? She's like, I don't know, you can make guys do whatever you want and throw rocks. It's like, 
yeah, that is what she knows. Well, she's scrappy. <laughs> she has like yeah. street smarts in a way that like, I mean, I guess technically Anakin and Phantom Menace kind of does, but practically not really with how that character turned out. I mean, but that guy like, doesn't even know how to pronounce <laughs> Coruscant. Like Luke is a Luke is a sheltered kid on a farm. This is someone who's like, she is a scavenger. She's had to she's had to work her way up. Yeah. And I like I love this shot where it's like she's seen what her future could be. Oh wow. I didn't even think about that. And then this Oh, guy I love up. these droids. <laughs> these guys look so cool. Oh man, I saw the creator recently. And uh man, oh, can how I was that? Oh, can I just say I've been thinking about it a lot more recently. It's on Prime now and I really want to rewatch it. Um really good. I I mm. liked it a lot. I think I'll like it more later. There's some parts I thought were a bit cliched, but like Man, getting to see Gareth Edwards back doing a movie and that practical kind of like sci-fi effect. It's a little District 9-ish, but at the same time, I think it's really cool. I think it's very topical. Caleb and I were talking about uh, watching it when it was in the theaters and we just never got around to it. Yeah, I'm really sad we didn't. Especially Uh, because like whether or not it's a I end up liking the story, I just want to support like a small sci-fi movie like that that's not this huge thing i think it'll end up being really big on streaming i think people will really really like it um once they get the chance to i just don't think people are going to movies very much recently god i want that no. it looks and like there's just been so much competition this year the the little tiny thing that she makes right there of the like the bread it yeah. looks like a blueberry muffin and it looks delicious honestly mm-hmm. i would be so down with it i don't care what anyone thinks um, um, yeah and there has been a lot of competition this year i mean like the whole thing too i'm thinking about like all of the movies that came out during like Barbenheimer yeah. that just like, nope, like just completely got thrown under the rug. I mean, Mission Impossible Fallout was kind of one of those. Yeah. Or not Fallout, um, Dead Reckoning. Yeah, which um, which is a shame because like it's Mission Impossible. There's some of the best action movies coming out right now. I didn't even see it. I feel oh, bad. it's great. I'm a big fan. Oh, yeah, of it. it is great. Yeah. <laughs> I really like those good. movies. That's, man, if David McQuarrie would do a Star Wars movie, I'd be so down. I just really like how how much motion right uh i don't know but i believe you i don't the director of those movies anyway go ahead um i think it's a different guy but anyway i just really like how how the camera moves in this it's very um there's a there's a real like energy and momentum to it there's character to it it feels like a director is making this movie yeah it's almost like when you let directors do that it turns out really well and you can actually tell and it's nice as opposed to having a product, we can't we can't subtweet the last movie too much. Also, BB-8 such a good design. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I love BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> the BB-8 Where he effect. just rolls around when <laughs> the BB-8 effect. Every time we start to get mad at the direction of these movies, we're like, "But BB-8's awesome." Honestly, that. Yeah! Is that going to be our safe word to like calm us down? Let's just start talking about BB-8. Yeah, it's kind of like how when that all works, the... it's very wholesome. There's Everyone a... loves him. There's a great moment in the next one. I know that I'll be like hanging on to when he's behind the uh, when he's doing the when he's in the the ship, the big walker, and he like the top comes off and BB-8's piloting it in the next one, and he's just like, yeah, like you remember that? Yeah, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> No, you're good. I'm just thinking about things and I'm talking out loud. Sorry. No, no, no you're good. I keep how, talking about Last Jedi. And how the dare you fill in dead air on a podcast? But that, that is, that is <laughs> While something. While Caleb checks his phone and I add nothing to the conversation. <laughs> I mean, 
No, that is something that... Um... <laughs> How dare you? Thanks, Christopher buddy. McQuarrie. Isn't that the dude's name? I don't <laughs> is that what you said? I don't remember. Is that something McQuarrie? Um, no, that's something that is interesting about this is that I do think because the reception to each of these, each of the sequels is kind of different in its own way. Mm -hmm. I do think it informs how we go back and we watch this. Like there is something fun about just, we can go back and we can just like not turn our brains off, but watch a simple sequel, right? We don't have to, it's not, we don't have to deal with the discourse of last Jedi or all of the problems with rise of Skywalker. It's just, it's a comfort kind of thing yeah it's familiar and it, honestly aesthetically it's a very pleasing movie like i think all mm-hmm. of the costuming is fantastic i think kylo ren's <laughs> design is one is great yes um yeah. i think the lightsaber is really cool i love ray's design i i like everyone you know people i think get mad at the han solo design because they're like he looks too much like himself i'm like but is what? han solo <laughs> like, <laughs> like younger him he looks too much First like himself of all, he that's is, a stupid way for me to put that <laughs> he is not wearing harrison ford's earrings so i don't want to hear that yeah i he don't want to hear not crashing he is planes. not as sexy <laughs> that's true <laughs> he's not crashing planes he's just losing his, his, <laughs> he's his not ships. crashing planes <laughs> He is not smoking a joint. Well, not as long as Chewie's at the helm. <laughs> Tells me I can't drive. Tells me I can't see straight. Tells me no. Ever since the worm incident, I've been hesitant. Tells me I have to be an Age of Adeline. It's <laughs> so specific. Uh, it's a movie that my, my girlfriend made me watch, and I didn't know he was in it. And then he popped up, and I was like, oh, hey. this might save this movie for me. Gosh, it I didn't. love Simon Pegg as this guy. I this was actually I thought about putting his line in here in our in our opening instead of traitor. I was going back and forth between those two. Ooh, that might be kind of cool. Traitor works because of like it's super like quick. And that's kind of what you need at the end of yeah, our intro. instead of one quarter for one quarter. For Just really speed it up. Just make it sound really stupid. One quarter patient! We definitely put, like, slower things in there before yeah. that. Well, it's just that specific beat in the intro. I think the that's why I ultimately decided on Traitor. I also, I like... Oh, you're not talking about the final beat. No, 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 no. Just, oh, okay. Like, because because there's a sound beat for each of this each of the trilogies, um, oh, and that one because it's the latest comes at the end. Anyway, no one cares about our intro. Most people probably fifteen seconds. <laughs> I like, like our intros. I I like it. A I lot like too. I like the way you put stuff in. <laughs> I think you. they're fun. Thank you. It is it's <laughs> a, always a fun little thing of it's like oh I can't make this now. <laughs> I I just love that for the Attack of the Clones one, you changed it to the to, to, to all just Dexter Jetster. Oh, really? Yeah, that was great. I think the Perfect. file. I think the file name was um, Star Wars Intro Improved. <laughs> Star Wars Improved parentheses final dot exe. Um, Finn is a great character. See, okay, that's the thing too for me. Or a great setup for a character, I should say. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that. So I was like, let's let's retract we're, that. We're gonna have a lot of that in this episode. So here's the thing too with Finn. What I find interesting is that like that very beginning part, like it is very much like you know, like you said, kind of like Leia confronting yeah. being confronted by Vader. 
I feel like when you go to the perspective of one of the troopers who was there, that becomes inherently more interesting. Whether or not you follow up with that in any of the other movies is yet to be seen. However, with that being said, in this movie, love the bromance. Love everything between them as characters. I love Finn being set up as, you know, someone who can, like, break out of, like, this terrible system that they were kind of forced into. At the same time, like, I just wish he would have became a Jedi. That's my only thing. I wish he would. All of the promotion art of seeing him with the blue lightsaber made me so happy. And I was, like, so interested. And I don't have a problem with Rey being a Jedi. I just kind of wish they both would have been. Maybe. I think that was possible, you know? Yeah, maybe later off in the year we can pitch what we they should have done for Ooh, that might be a nine. good one. Um, what we would have done. Yeah, because, like, the thing with Finn what is... What could have happened? I think there's... Armchair directing the episode. <laughs> Star Wars armchair. I think there is so much interesting stuff you can do with, like, this is the stormtrooper who flipped. Like, yeah. There yeah. are so many directions you could take that. And I just and, and they, they went none of them. Well, you know that's for that's for the next two commentaries. Here, big fan. <laughs> I just love bringing it hey up. Hey guys, so he's flipping right now, and that's good. <laughs> he's I mean, trying flipping, and it's a cool trick. And they are flying now. <laughs> Man, I, I wish that they do fly now. I wish they would have uh, like had a reference to like some of the prequel lines just to throw people off. But then later on, they would have been like, "That was brilliant because they're honoring the legacy." It's all about the legacy of Star Wars. It's all about the legacy. It's all about the legacy of the Star Wars. The ravages of the sequel trilogy. Um. Oh, Hux. Oh, Hux. Man, what a cool setup for a character. No. Man, that was one of those things in a... I, I just completely forget sometimes that he has those shoulder pads. Uh-huh. That is, yeah. And I forget, too, in this movie, he has that one thing a little bit later where he's just screaming at the top of his lungs about, this is the last day! Like, I am a Nazi if you didn't get the get Major, the major, major, major propaganda. The man, the man is just one arm motion away from a Heil Hitler. That's how much he's I mean, literally. Domhnall Gleeson is a great actor who's done many great roles what yeah i i love every decision he makes with hux <laughs> oh i do like hux. oh yeah hux I, is great i just don't <laughs> he's so funny for me i just don't like him because for the reasons the movie wants me to oh yeah <laughs> no but i it is it's like how do we take kylo ren seriously when we're about to find out he's just an incel we give a more <laughs> incel character. We put a more incel character beside him. You get no bitches, Hux. <laughs> uh, I have them all. You get absolutely no Hux. Captain I Phasma. See I see what a great setup for a character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Captain Phasma. Is it going to be funny every time? <laughs> well, we're about to run out. Probably not we're for the listener, but it, it is for us. We're going to space it out. Oh, oh. There's only to... so many characters we can get to know. We're yeah. about to get to my toxic fanboy moment. That shot. He's, really? He pops up in frame. Y'all remember summer or uh, winter of 2014. Uh, the trailer came out. Yes. That's the first shot in the trailer. I went to church, yes. Um, the trail, I hated 
the trailer for Force Awakens. Really? And I, I made a bullet point list. I'm pretty sure I texted you about it. I remember because I was at my grandparents' house for Christmas, and I was Let like, "Let me dive into our text <laughs> from back then." I, please don't pull up the receipts because please don't. I don't think I, don't I think stand I have by them. any of them. But it was, it was a lot of really stupid, uh, like nostalgia critic, uh, cinema sins level complaints about oh, no. the trailer. And the only one that I think was funny was that it's like that I hated that shot because it reminded me of um, of a Monty Python show because they would always have character pop up into frame and then just go running. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. But then oh, it's um, been a long time since I've watched that. But like I was so ready to hate this movie. And then luckily that kind of just faded and I bought into the hype and all that stuff. Um, but. I, and it was just all it was it was all stupid stuff where it's like a cross hilt on a lightsaber. That's stupid. He'll cut his hands off. Yeah, I was also on that train. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, if the, I thought that too. Well, now I, was I like, think it's metal as hell. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely thought like, oh, if you would have just angled it up, it would have been fine. But I think I think what started to like change me on it was then everyone I saw all the people complaining about that there was a black stormtrooper and I'm like oh maybe I don't yeah. want to associate with this side <laughs> of the internet. My God, Patton Oswalt has a great bit about that where he's talking about nerd culture and he's like, listen, you know, it's like some racist dude talking to <laughs> talking to someone and being like, listen, man. I, I kind of understand it. The moment the Force Awakens trailer came out and I saw that one shot of a black stormtrooper, I. That was my trail of tears. I understood. <laughs> and, I was just, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I know the kind of people he's talking about. Patton Oswalt's great. I love that guy. John Boyega, he ain't coming back to Star Wars. Absolutely not. <laughs> but, and, and to quote him, you ain't get a Disney Plus me. Real quick, you know, do uh, you watch Parks and Rec, Steven? I have watched bits and pieces. Have you seen that clip that he's in where he does a... Uh, Oh, he's he does like a filibuster. Oh yeah, where he talks uh, about, and that's how Thanos meets Darth Vader. Like, yeah, yeah. But but like he goes on for like minutes about that, and apparently he just like improvised the entire oh, yeah. thing. The whole Boba <laughs> Fett's wonderful. hand coming out of the yeah. Starlock pit, which every fanboy heard and was like, "They have to do that. They have to do that." And then they did it, and we all kind of regretted that they that, did that. Well, I mean, I regret yeah. whenever. <laughs> The internet is like that would be cool, and then they do it. Yeah, uh, that's hello, fair. John Krasinski <laughs> as uh, Mister Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that beautiful hippo! I love all of the practical effects in this, and even the CGI. I can't really tell. Yeah, I think ma- all man, the they textures... got a real alien hippo for that. That's right. That's insane. I don't know why, but I oh gosh, his nose is so disgusting. <laughs> oh. I love this person just like she goes, Oi, get off him. I can distract her <laughs> and then immediately like throw a burlap sack over BB eight. <laughs> oh, that butt. Daisy Ridley's also an actress where I'm like, Man, I think you're really good. I hope you can find some really good scripts because I... apparently every movie you've been in since this has bombed horribly. And I feel really bad about that because I'm like, Man, look at her, she's so cool. Like she's an awesome actress. Yeah, and she, like, I think she's a, I don't know, with all of these characters, like, Oscar Isaac was already set up, right? Like, he was already going to succeed. Yeah. But, and Adam Driver had had his TV show, John Boyega was in Attack the Block, but for the most part, this was kind of the launching pad for for most of them. I mean, I haven't seen Attack the Block in forever. None of them, except for Adam Driver, 
have really done that great. Well, that's... And that makes me sad. Like, jo- I saw John Boyega in The Woman King last year, and I'm like, I want to see you in more movies. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that's just kind of like the Star Wars curse. Is like every actor gets, like, big enough to the point that they become household names, but only a few of them, like, really go on to have, like, really proficient careers. I mean, yeah. it happened with the... Happened with the original trilogy for sure. Yeah, it, Carrie Fisher. It definitely wasn't happened much. with the prequels, <laughs> and it's just well, it it's is... just it's something that repeats. Unfortunately, I wish I wish everyone got you know yeah, all it... of their times to shine, or at least after the time to shine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I do. <laughs> their time to shine and shining shine post the time to shine. The time that they do shine. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I don't I'll tell, tell you, you what. what. Oh man, uh, I, I don't tell you what, but man. Uh, so uh, that was I, I've told you guys, but I got a tattoo recently, and so did Sarah. And the place we went, uh, if you live in Tennessee, against the grain tattoo, fantastic. Ask for Kirk; he's great. Um, we both got tattoos, and I knew it was going to be a good experience because the last place that I went, I did not have a great experience with the person. Good tattoo, not a great experience with the person. Which definitely um, matters. Definitely <laughs> matters. This time around, though, I knew I was going to get along with them because they were playing King of the Hill in the lobby, and it was the episode where they go to the nudist colony. And I was so happy because the first words I heard walking in to get my tattoo were, you're turned on more by propane than you are me. And he goes, <laughs> of course I am. There's so much you can do with it, Peggy. Like, it's, I was just like, we're going to get along just fine. Meanwhile, um, the guy who gave me my tattoo was just talked about Dune the whole time. And I'm like, I'm really glad this is a small tattoo because this is not a conversation. <laughs> it's like, man, I read this book once in, once in high school. I can't talk to you about this for very long. Uh, meanwhile, my fr- one of my friends is like obsessed with it. She got the whole set of the books for Christmas. And I'm just like, good for you. I already have so much lore I'm keeping up with on a daily basis. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, though, uh, Alex, I had a dream about you last night, <gasps> and it was Yay. it was about getting a tattoo because we've talked about you know possibly you getting a tattoo. Or oh whatever. yeah, we'll do it at some point. Yeah, it's just what, a matter of when. Totally. Yeah, but I had a dream that I had like booked you a tattoo with the guy, and I was like, oh man, yeah, it's gonna be great. And like we walked into the place, and then all of a sudden you were like, oh, I don't want to get a tattoo. <laughs> and I was like, but I. But I like, and like the tattoo artist, my, my buddy, my friend Kirk at this point was like pulling out the design and it was like really nice. He's like, oh man, I'm so ready to give, give this tattoo. It took me a while, but I really like it. And you're just like, I'm not getting a tattoo. I've never wanted to get a tattoo. <laughs> so it, it wasn't even like, oh, I'm too nervous. I'm checking no, it was, out. It's like, it's just very matter of just fact. Opposed. I am not doing You were this. just yeah. gaslighting Steven into being like, I never well, want a tattoo. Steven, it my was, body is a temple for Christ. <laughs> 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 let's put it this way and it was, i don't want to put graffiti on it, it was thank the, you <laughs> it was the same energy as the as the it's not my wallet bit from spongebob it's not my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but i don't want to get wallet a tattoo had your id in it correct <laughs> you this is be... the design you wanted on the underside of your forearm <laughs> yep sounds like it to me so you want this tattoo no. no. <laughs> I don't BB- even want it. Run, BB- <laughs> I'll give you a tattoo and he just stabs the needle into your arm. <laughs> <laughs> it shanks me with the tattoo gun. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Millennium Falcon. Back. Um, it was pretty cool to see it back, I will yeah. admit. Yeah. And I, I do love the intro. The, the the scrap will do or the rubbish the will do. Will the do. garbage will yeah, do. The garbage will do. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anakin, get out of there. I also think there's, there's a hey, scene. Down. 
or oh, a moment. Listen, good boy. A moment in this attack that we were talking over, but uh, the the Tie Fighters like shoot and they all go flying, and BB-8 is just like yeeted across the screen. I love how much damage BB-8 takes in these movies because it is <laughs> how involved he is. Really, he is. He gets thrown around a lot. Look. <laughs> Not a sponsor, but BB-8 is built for tough. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just pictured a no giant. No one's like to drive an F-150. <laughs> no one's like to drive a little astromate droid. Going over like the muddy hills and like mud going all over him. And it's just like, when you need a toughen, you get BB or you get nothing. <laughs> Now, uh, how do we feel about because they kind of re they redo part of the inside of the Falcon and it has more of that green aesthetic to it. Uh, how do we feel about that? I think it looks fine. I I think that it looks you know like it's aged. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think that there's anything. I genuinely I don't think that there's anything wrong with anything that they did aesthetically in this whole first movie. I think all of it makes sense. I think the only things that people don't like is when something. Well, I, I let me put it this way. The only things I personally am not a huge fan of, and I think a lot of people would agree with, is when the visuals rely too much on what we've seen before. Yeah, yeah. Mm. In this way, like, look, we haven't gotten to see the Millennium Falcon and the TIE Fighters in forever, and they found the ship, and then they're going to find Han. It makes complete sense for right now. Later on, when it becomes like, oh, man, this is just the trench run scene. <laughs> like, oh, man, this is just, like, you know, scenes from the other movies. Oh, man, it's just X-Wings, you know. Doing new things with it, though. We haven't gotten to see, like, the Falcon whip and turn do well, all yeah, of this. Yeah, just like, like how it's kicking up the yeah. sand and whip stuff. Turn, so whip, cool. turn, whip, 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 turn, whip, whip, turn. Come on now, flying through Jakku can be fun! <laughs> that, is the, that is the aesthetic problem I do have with this movie is Jakku sucks. And I get it. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's like the dregs of the dregs of Star Wars. But I'm like, could you not come up with anything more interesting just, like, I'm, than worse Tatooine? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tatooine, but, like, but dirtier. just going to do Tatooine, just do Tatooine. Would it be way too direct? Absolutely. Would I have preferred her to be on any other environment besides this? Yes. I'm so All right, sick of Let me sand. pitch you this. Star Wars The Force Awakens. Rough. Uh, the... The camera lifts up and we see Exegol. Oh God, <laughs> she's she's just a child on this dark, stormy planet, just eating her apples or whatever, and just like I want to be a Jedi someday. It's oh man, all I can Palp think. Palpatine's already there, and he's like, "No, granddaughter." Looks at like camera. I don't know what you keep calling me that for. Man, all I can think Finish of is your the apples. <laughs> I had to pick them on Naboo three systems away. You, you have to grow up to be strong. Strong. <laughs> you shall be known as Darth. Honeycrisp. Honeycrisp. Darth Honeycrisp. Darth Applejack. Darth Fluttershy. Darth Granny Smith. <laughs> I did think about that, but I was like, Honeycrisp is funny. Darth <laughs> Golden delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're finally leaving Tatooine. Darth Gala. <sighs> so you go down to the Gala when you're Darth Gala. See, it's funny. Why are you walking away? They have they have fun chemistry. I like these two a lot. Yeah, I like though them being best friends. I don't like the implication that they might like each other. I like them being platonic best friends. Just have that. Well, especially because Poe, like, 
Poe and Finn. People can be a little obnoxious about that that ship, but like it makes sense textually in a They're way. They're gay. That's like Finn and Ray. I don't buy. I just don't see any of them being together in any capacity. People will literally watch a man look into a woman's eyes in just a scene in a movie and then be like, oh, yeah, Ship it. they're married. Ship it. Shipping it. Ship, and now there's a ship uh, on the screen. There's a ship on the screen, so we ship it. Oh, this Lord, scene. Lord Kylo, this they, scene. They've run out of rum raisin ice cream at the local Baskin Robbins. What? Like okay, let's actually <laughs> let's like focus on this. Fudge instead? Let's focus on this. So he's explaining the news, and that's that's one thing. And like you understand why Kylo would be upset. But look at the moment he snaps. Like look at the actual line he says. Oh, he had help. We have no confirmation, but, but okay, all this stuff, he gets mad. He just goes to town, right? Yeah. Now he's going he's gonna to have his little fit, and then there's yeah. going to be an additional piece of information. They were out of Cherry Garcia, too. Anything else? The they were accompanied by a girl. And this is what makes it... <laughs> Wait, I never realized that. Now, what, what girl? girl? Now, realistically, this is probably Oh my because... god, he is an incel. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a woman. Now, probably, there, it's her like... name's Stacy. <laughs> yeah, because like, he, he destroyed the computer, and then he's like, A girl? I'll choke this guy. It should be set up. Like, you, you would imagine it's set up that he knows something about Ray. But he doesn't. He's yeah, just he mad doesn't. that it's a woman. <laughs> Captain Phasma has reported in. She... What do you mean, she? <laughs> Captain Phasma's a... Captain Ph- And he, like, draws him closer. Captain Phasma's a girl! <laughs> Looks like you and Hux have to go back to sensitivity training. <laughs> Snow says, You, master of the Knights of Ren, don't know when you're being sexist. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, the thumbs up oh, from the BBA. Thumbs up I like the thumbs so up. freaking cool. I know he probably has that uh, lighter to, like... You know, solder and cauterize and whatnot, but I just like to believe he just has it for the thumbs up. Oh, I was—I thought you meant by it for lighting up. Like, I, I, <laughs> over, thought, I thought you over. meant that, that that little like scope next to his head was also just—he's got it for that Corellian Kush. Oh man, oh man, I would love it if there was one called Corellian Kush. Oh, that needs That'd to be, be a name. Okay, we're gonna get Nabu to nectar. We're saving gonna... in 2050 when we when weed gets legalized in Tennessee. <laughs> we're getting there, baby. That's we're, we're gonna open up a shop called Corellian Kush, oh, <laughs> but we have yeah. to spell it different for copyright reasons. Yeah, spell with <laughs> spell with uh, spell with um, numbers. It'll make sense when you're sure. Hired. Corellian yeah. Kush. So I remember another thing about this is people got really excited. When they cast a lot of the actors and the team, the like the stunt team from the raid movies, because those are those are movies that have insane action scenes, just like top of the line. We wouldn't get John Wick without I, the. Raid I was movies. literally about to say without the raid, no John Wick. Yeah, like absolutely, and Man, both of them are great too. Can't wait to see uh, them run down hallways in this scene that's about to come up. Yep, <laughs> do nothing else. Yeah, I remember thinking that too. I was like, "Are those the guys from the raid?" And then I was like, "Oh crap, that's awesome!" And then I did like nothing. <laughs> hey, they got a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, 
Uh, maybe you should get down, Finn. <laughs> like, he's just peeking up. Oh, I hope no one's coming. Uh, the shot that everyone screamed at. Oh, Joey. I remember. We're home. I remember the energy in this theater Joey, when I'm that gonna happened. I'm going to crash the crap out of this plane. Chewie, <laughs> 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 I'm taking this thing down in Chewy. North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or wherever it was. <laughs> Were you kids getting high under the here? <laughs> They're both wearing the gas masks. Hey, you masks. kids got any more of that Corellian Kush? <laughs> yeah. I grew up on that stuff. <laughs> so, that, that thing's for baby. You need that Nabu nectar if you want to get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts vaping Nabu nectar. He starts nectar. vaping the Nabu nectar. Nabu nectar is 100% a vape cartridge. 110%. <laughs> So my oh, read. Oh man, we're having great ideas. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my read. Our of... Star Wars Delta Eight line coming out soon. <laughs> Our unofficial, <laughs> not affiliated with. Now the I know what you're wondering. Are the vapes up to code? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> it's an exhaust pipe. <laughs> I like that they both know him from something else. Like he has two different reputations that still persist. Like, one thinks of him as a general, one thinks of him as a smuggler. And the answer is yes. Um, although I still don't think that he should be that good of a smuggler, uh, because he isn't in the rest of the series. But Are you kidding me? He's been able to smuggle that same shirt for all these years. That's just, that's just called wearing a shirt, <laughs> my guy. Yeah, that's fair. Um, people, were, that, people were genuinely pissed that they, like they he didn't look different enough i was like this is exactly what i pictured han looking like. yeah he just... doesn't like change yeah Han's why would man. han change <laughs> it's not like han had that interesting of a costume to begin with yeah, like, yeah. brown jacket to black vest to brown jacket no offense but like it's not a big deal <laughs> like um i do wonder because my read of chewy is that he's smarter than most other people yep um and he's definitely smarter than han oh is... yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Is he yeah. just is he just teaming along with Han in his like midlife crisis just to be like I'll make sure he doesn't get into too much trouble like I mean you know how like Riku and Death Note is just like you know what light I just kind of want to see what you're gonna do and you have Honestly. apples so and you have apples so I'm just gonna be around to make sure you don't get hurt Spider-Man. it's like that Spider oh my, man my head web swinging is... is so cool <laughs> man Han is. Han drags Chewie down. Chewie could do a lot of good for the galaxy if he wasn't <laughs> friends with Han. My headcanon is that <laughs> Chewie doesn't have the ability to speak English, as we know. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Han's basically just kind of like his seeing eye dog. <laughs> <laughs> but in like a person form. Yeah, that's the... He needs Han to communicate. Yeah, that, that's... But Han doesn't really, you know, he doesn't do everything. <laughs> That's that's the edit they don't tell you is that every time you see Han flying the plane, there's always a shot they don't include of Chewie of Chewie kind of coming in and like correcting the wheel a little bit. <laughs> All right. All guys. of Han's buttons are actually <laughs> just fake and Chewie's the ones that <laughs> Oh yeah, it's like when you give your little brother Han has an unplugged controller. We're playing twisted metal, look uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> I completed the the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. <laughs> sure you did, buddy. <laughs> I got platinum. That's right, Han Solo. 
this you've is... pissed off the Scottish and the Taiwans. <laughs> <laughs> We've come to Bergen. I do. Who do, do you think you are, the British? <laughs> I do like the name Conja Club, though. Like, I think that is a cool Conja Club. Conja Club. Gosh, <laughs> I walked right into that one. <laughs> That's amazing. Hey man, you want some of that Corellian Kush, bro? Nah, dude, you gotta try out this new Ganja Club. Oh, dude. dude. There's the ring. There we are. Oh, Hi, I love guys. his puppy dog hair. <laughs> Good to see you and all your money. This is a very Han Solo setup. It's fun. I don't like the chase scene that comes after, but this stand up. You don't like the Raftar? Not a big fan of the Raftar. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with him. It's the most Doctor oh, I... Who part of this whole thing. <laughs> uh, Doctor <laughs> Who catches a lot of strays on the, our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, genuinely excited to watch the Tenet special and the new Doctor. Oh, I liked, I've seen two of the three Tenet specials. Oh, and how I'm, are they? Uh, I, re- I like them a lot. The second one is like peak David Tenet Doctor Who cool like Ooh, okay. uh, like in line with like midnight or any of his other really Ooh, good episodes okay yeah i could be down for that um the first one's also fun but they do have to they do have more setup to do in that one that kind of gets in the way and then i haven't seen the neil patrick harris one yet uh the one the guy i've on the... seen clips of that man <laughs> that looks like the... another piece david Tennant in a different Who. way As for, a, for a second i thought they were doing the master with him and i was gonna be like please don't do this and then it was like i'm the music man or whatever it is and i'm like all right that's fine. i'm ernie ball <laughs> i'm ernie ball the music man i do think oh. the new doctor is gonna be a lot of fun though. i'm excited uh him and sex education is very fun oh i um, love him and sex education yeah i, I, I was so excited the when show, he was when i watched his doctor. acting from it and i was like that's a good choice yeah uh, this dude with the long hair uh from the the other warring thing. the raid yeah from the raid <laughs> um he i think also is in pirates of the caribbean too he plays the one of davy jones people who has a like the the shell on his yeah, head and he yeah. gets his head cut off and then he like turns into a crab yeah he's that guy oh that's cool that's yeah. fun that's a little weird thing you know, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about this, but I think we just need to acknowledge the fact that Han just grabbed a guy and threw him into the Raptar's mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's very yeah. Han. That's a very brutal kill. <laughs> yeah, people are going to talk about him not shooting first. Like, what is this? Like, what what is this? This man is a psychopath. Oh, you can't redeem him after you have to. I, you can throw a man in a like, rath ah, tar. you'll do. I guess you the, can throw a man in a rath tar, but you can't have him shoot him. I guess <laughs> I guess the rath tar's rolling around is fun, but I just the design is just too much Stephen King TV movie for me to really vibe with. <laughs> yeah, it's very the the layers. <laughs> <laughs> it's those things that show up at the end of the Langoliers yeah, that, that are just time like, or whatever. Yeah, and then the guy is just like they. The discount William Shatner, Shatner is just like, they eat time. They're the great creators. They're what come after. And it's like, they look like rabid meatballs that are <laughs> oh made God, with video toaster. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's oh, a creative man. way of solving that problem. I like that. Good job. Good job, Good Ray. job, Ray. Good job. Hey, Good job. You did it. Oh, Alex, what would you do if this copy of the movie, the opening crawl, just said Mary Sue, Mary Sue, Mary Sue, Mary Sue, and it was like formatted and everything? What would you do? Um, I'd be like, what? 
Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't have a response that's to that. I was like, God. I don't know. What would I do? I'd be like, that's weird. <laughs> like, hmm. Does, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy was like, this version of Star Wars, The Force Awakens, is exactly what we need for Why the Why is fans. that your voice for Kathleen Kennedy? It doesn't sound anything like her. Yes, it does. No, it does. Listen to her talk. I have many she times. Goes, I haven't. Are I don't you know coming what she back as Obi-Wan Kenobi? And he says, yes, I'm coming back. Back as Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay. The three authors, six of them there. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Shanelle, laddie. I'm coming back as Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, I love, I love doing the Scottish accent. Sorry. I do think that Han is the correct character to be a mentor because yeah. he he should be a mentor. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he shouldn't be exactly. Like what? It really is a shame that Carrie Fisher never got to got to do have that role fully because, you know, she unfortunately died before yeah. uh, Rise of Skywalker. But I think each of them have like a valuable lesson to teach like the new generation of people. And I think Han Solo teaches through every mistake he makes. That's a very good way yeah. to look at that. I completely agree because it's it, it is kind of. I think that you see with Ray the seeds of like what Han does well, and with Kylo you see the seeds of like what he does poorly. Yeah, yeah. And I think that maybe does have to do very, very much with like the fact that when he meets Ray, he's already gone through what he's gone through with Kylo, so maybe he's already approaching that differently. I think Han is a pretty nuanced character in this one, and I actually. When people are like, I don't like that he's just doing the same thing. I'm like, I think it makes complete sense for him of all the characters to be doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, did you all think that he was giant the first time you saw this? Or oh, did... yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I, well, I heard one person joke about how what if he was actually like a foot tall? And then I was like, that'd be very funny. And so that's what I hoped. But yeah. Also, Andy Circus doing a great performance. Bringing back his character from Andor, finally telling us what happened to that character. Yeah, this is him. This is him when he gets out. There is only one way out. I haven't watched that yet. Um, um but yeah, no, Snoke, cool design. Obviously, very derivative, but uh, would have made sense if it was Shakasta new. Man, it's such a good yeah, setup yeah, for the character. That's my thought. <laughs> it is a great setup. It's a great setup for his character. Your old master, Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> she goes <laughs> um and that you know i remember that behind the scenes she goes, <laughs> but i do think i think there could be something here if they expanded upon it a little bit more about and you That's you so do sick. get this i think you get this with kylo and the for, first order which i think you could expand on with snoke these people are cosplaying vampire more than they are being the Empire. Yeah. Yeah. They have such a romanticized version of it in their head. And it reminds me a lot about how, like, you look at a lot of, like, right-wing militias. And it's just like, oh, Billy Joe and his friends went out to the woods so that they could cosplay, like, revolutionary heroes. Like, they're obviously 
that can go to dangerous spots, as we'll see. Uh, Star Killer blow up a bunch of planets. But like, <laughs> sorry, I love Chewie yelling at BBA. Someone help me! And then he just comes over. I help, and he's like, no! <laughs> and then he just runs away. But yeah, and I completely agree with you. Um, it, it very much is like that. I just think, that, unfortunately, this is like the only movie that's semi-conscious of that. Where it's like, Kylo does feel like that in this movie. And hell, even like looking back at it on him saying to, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Him saying to Han, you know, like, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. It's like, I have to commit to this path. Yeah. Which is like tragic at the same time. See, okay, this is a cool callback. They just activated the little game thing. Like, it's exactly where they left off. It's really cool. Like, all right, cool. Like, I like that. That's subtle. That's nice. There was also the moment, this was earlier on, but where he's he's like going through a box of stuff and he <laughs> finds the little training droid that yeah. Obi-Wan used. There's some Oh really? Yeah. Oh, yeah he I throws it to the side, side real quick. Uh, like little decent stuff that's like fun little Easter eggs and don't get in the way of the uh of them actually trying to pace out a scene. It's kinda like that the one with the chessboard might miss with the pacing a little bit, but not too badly. Yeah, it's just like a session, you know. I'm sorry, a tiny, tiny, like, second of time. My voice completely went. (laughs) So, here kind of comes into one of the bigger controversies, I would say, of this movie, is that Luke ran away, essentially, from training a new generation of Jedi inherently how do we feel about that idea it's fine i like that luke failed okay but is it so much that luke failed or that luke failed and then ran away i think that i think the two are tied together in a really obvious way um i think there is already precedent for like it it reminds me of yoda leaving and it's like yoda left because he had something new to learn and he had to go away from the system or from like the systems of power he was a part of so that he could gain a new perspective and be there to train Luke. Mm. I think Luke is trying to do the same thing, but he doesn't have as good, good of reasons for Yoda. And my reading of Luke in the sequels is very much, he is trying to be Yoda and Obi-Wan, but he is not smart enough to do that, which I'm happy with. Cause I feel like he learns more about why they did the, the things they did. Yeah. It's kind of, nice it's I that, never thought of it. Like that's that. a good way to look at it. It's, yeah. kinda, it's that perspective of like, you know, when your parents say to you, like, you'll understand when you have kids and like, I don't have kids, obviously, but like that you know of. Well, yeah. Oh gosh, if there's a little Steven, and I'm not going to talk about that. Oh, anyway, um, <laughs> I have fathered 59 children with 58 different women. One of them is a set of twins. <laughs> you that, gave Nick Cannon. When did you get on the podcast? That was about to say you gave off. Uh, you sounded like Adam Driver from that SNL skit where he played the oil baron. <laughs> that is <laughs> such a good boy. skit. It is so Oh, great. my gosh. It's Every made... now and then that comes up in my TikTok feed, and I just watch the whole thing because that just is so funny. <laughs> it's maybe the best thing Adam Driver has ever done, and he's done some good stuff. <laughs> he is he is acting his heart out in it. It's I mean, wild. I'm not going to lie, though. Nothing tops. <laughs> I just had sex, and I'm about to eat nachos. Oh, nothing know. tops that. You are weak like H.R. Pickens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Adam Driver. 
Driver is one of those actors where, like, man, I will say it's a shame they asked him more recently. They were like, they were like, so a uh, Star Wars, and he's like, yeah, they're doing stuff. I'm not a part of it. Yeah, he doesn't need like, to. What? And he was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing anything. It's like, so you're done with it because they're done with the character. He's like, yeah. And he just kept it so short, and I'm like, you know what, dude? Well, I hope yeah. you never get. I know. I hope you never get tied down to like a big franchise that doesn't make you happy. Yeah. He even said he was like, Star Wars was one of the few projects I took on where I didn't get the chance to read the script all the way through. Um, and I think that makes complete sense because you know, you're an upcoming actor and you get the chance to be in Star Wars. Why would you not say yes? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Even if I don't make it past this, I'm going to be able to make it. Harrison Ford, or sorry, Han handing Ray the gun in this scene is what my brother tries to do with me every time we're at a family function. Oh, no. <laughs> Just hand you a gun. <laughs> Love you, Bobby. Okay. Um, <laughs> Caleb, this weapon's your life. <laughs> I think you just want but also someone to go to the range bad. with. Um, <laughs> no, I I think, yeah, I, and that, that kind of goes back to this, like, what do I want to see from John Boyega and Daisy Ridley? And, you know, if they just do small stuff, that's fine. If they have, like, one small movie a year and they can, like, that's good. That's fine by me. I don't want them to be, like, blockbuster actors because I think they're burnt oh, out. No, yeah. if they pull Robert Pattinson and eventually they yeah. they've they did enough weird stuff that they're fine going back to that well. Okay, well, cool, but I, they don't need to. I think what's interesting with the Robert Pattinson example is that regardless of the big name of the franchise that he's in, he's bringing a realness and a gravity to it that I don't think is respected very often. Yeah. In the sense of like the Batman movie he, he did is the most indie Batman movie we're ever going to see besides um uh the people's joker which is going to be released next year i can't wait for the people's oh, dude joker. can we please watch some, it together i've had some friends who've seen the it. people's joker it's a queer uh like play version of like joker and harley quinn and like a whole kind of parody of that and it's a really cool movie that got banned bob odenkirk's in it right i think so yeah, yeah. really <laughs> yeah it got banned though because of legal grounds and so it's going to be released next year that's we should wild. totally watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah some, I'm just like, gay Batman, sign me up. I had some like, friends <laughs> who watched it at a Chicago International. And oh. They were they were uh, complimentary of it. So Cool. Um, I do want to say real quick, one of the characters that we kind of pass by in the Not Cantina, it's just a dude with like a big fur coat and some sunglasses. Yep. And I love that because that's the exact <laughs> Cantina energy. It needs to be a bunch of weird person. Yeah. It needs to be droid, droid, robot made out of a household item slash 1950s microphone. Alien um, and normal person. Yeah. And then like fairly attractive, just futuristic Blade Runner girl. <laughs> um, she's giving off like meet the kind of a Ventress. <laughs> also, I hate Maz Kanata. I won't expand any further. Um, is it the butthole you, eyes? How could you hate those butthole eyes? I think, it's the the waste of, eyes. I think it's the waste of Lupita Nyong'o, honestly. Completely agree. Like, I probably wouldn't hate the character that much if they recast her in something. So this scene is one of my absolute favorites. I love him like praying to Darth Vader's, like, helmet. As if to be, like... I love him being, like, I don't want to be good. I, I want to be powerful and to do that, I have to be evil. It's actually very similar to a lot of tropes in like anime. Um, a lot. Of, and I think that it's interesting that it pulls from that. Yeah. It's more, it's interesting. Cause it's more like petitioning, a petitioning a saint or 
talking to an ancestor or something like that. And it's a different type of uh, spiritual connection than we've seen from other characters. And I think, I think you can definitely leave it open to how, how effective it is. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think that was kind of one of the moments where people were like, I don't like Kylo. He's a fanboy. I'm like that scene all but confirms it. That's the intention. If you hate it, they're doing their job. You know. Well, he's also a fanboy for his grandfather, which, which I is think, a little weird. Um, but it's odd. It yeah. definitely. It goes back to that thing. Like he's cosplaying the idea yeah. of of the Empire. He's cosplaying the idea of Vader. You know, uh, in that same interview with Adam Driver that we were just talking about a minute ago, uh, at least I'm pretty sure it's the same one. It's it's also a recent clip that's come out. Um, the, a part of it, he's talking about uh, his approach to, or like even just the direction that uh, Kylo Ren was originally supposed to be going in and how he was kind of like, the foil to Vader where like Vader starts out really strong and then gets like weaker by the end. Mm -hmm. Kylo starts out as like, okay, here you have this guy. He's vulnerable. He's in pain. He's trying, he's very much trying to do what we see him do in this movie. And then by the end, he was supposed to be like this absolutist, like destroy everything, uh, uh, kind of bad guy which like we you know we didn't really I, wind and, up with and it's kind of <laughs> but like that's like that's originally what it was supposed to be and so it's really good i don't know i, I think like as silly as the praying is, is like it at least like makes sense in terms of how his character functions yeah, on no, an ideological it's also, I, no level. i was complimenting it definitely yeah. i think it's fantastic I, I just think it's like so many people misinterpreted it and i just or or, or hated it because it was different than you know the stereotypical kind of Anakin character where it was like, he was a good guy who fell, you know, like, um, also I'm not going to lie. We're talking about this really cool thematic, like purpose of this character. Maz Kanata is just widening, <laughs> widening those eyes and getting real close. And I, I'm with Finn solo. What is she doing? Well, like, also, I, <laughs> what is she doing? <laughs> I think that, um, if they had seen that through with Kylo, that would be the reverse of what they were trying to set up with Finn where like they both start in the same like space in terms of like uh, ideological uh, mechanical um, actions and stuff. Yeah, because they're and both association, the definitely. Order. But then he takes it, he deconstructs it, and he becomes like the great hero of the resistance, and Kylo becomes like the great destructive force of the First Order. That would have been a very interesting like parallel paths. Mm -hmm. to take those characters yeah i mean i personally i think the the direction that i and a lot of other people were thinking like well it would be kind of cool if they were to have taken ray and made her the good that fell to the dark and then kylo the dark that fell to the light and then by the end it's like the person you were cheering for is actually the person you're against like i think that would have been kind of cool by the end of it to have those two kind of flips yeah, um, I think that definitely would have been a more interesting story. And well, to have... Uh, I don't know if I would have loved that, but, like, yeah, it, it would at least be more like more interesting and, like... Because then, like, Finn's position becomes that of, like, I want to make sure my friend is okay. You know, I want to yeah, make sure my friend yeah. is in the light. And that becomes a different dynamic than the one that Luke had, where it was, like, you know... Luke, it was more familial, it was more tied in. Finn, Finn this is his found family. 
Well, him it, having to stick up for that would be awesome. Well, it's also interesting because right now Finn is in a place where he refuses to believe in something. And that makes a lot of sense from where he's coming from. Yeah. And Kylo believes in something too much. And so it's like, how how does Finn find the place where he can start like committing to something again? Man, you know, I really didn't think that this commentary was going to have this fruitful of like intellectual conversation. But, wow. This has been this has been very cool. I know. There's the dude I in the, the fur li- coat. <laughs> oh man, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. This is like what the commentaries were supposed to be originally, and we're doing too much of that. We need to go back to the silly bits. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hey. Yeah. Oh man, I, I hope you know it took everything in me when I saw those Tie Fighters. I was like, Caleb, it's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um. This Woo! Is- the Force Awakens, I like it, but I do think it has several spots in this middle that kind of falter. The, yeah, the or, or just meander a little bit. This is another part of this. It's like this feels like a very arbitrary, like way of hinting at her connection with the Force. It's like we gotta get this in here. Force visions gotta happen. Yeah, and then it's like having everyone's voice there and Ewan McGregor's for no discernible reason. It's like. Oh, sorry. Oh, my gosh. Wait, do you mean Alec Guinness's? No, no, Ewan McGregor. Are they both in here? I don't know. Yeah, well, they got Ewan McGregor to record new dialogue for this. Uh, Oh, maybe I'm thinking of... uh, No, I'm thinking of uh, Rise of Skywalker when they, like, edited... Oh, no. Uh, Where all the doctors come in on their TARDIS so that they can freeze Gallifrey in the time portrait? Yeah, yeah, that part. You gotta go now! (laughs) And you see Peter, Peter Capaldi's, Capaldi's eyes, but you see his eyes, and that was so that was so exciting. That was that's a that was a great anniversary. I, special. Can I just say I'm glad to see this lightsaber again. I think it being in a wooden box is one of the dumbest things. It just being in like this crafted little wooden chest. But then, like, I do love her touching it. She's and, like, pressing X to open the chest. Richard press X for <laughs> press X for for flashback scene. Maybe part of it is just that. <laughs> Press X to pay respects. Hi, Luke. Maybe part of it is just that it's like, I don't like the visual identity of this scene very much. What do you mean? The way that like she was I, in the, love it. the the cave turned to the ship and then it started to kind of turn over. It was very, uh, I don't know. It, it seems very much like a certain type of kaleidoscope CG effect that I I find kind of boring. Oh yeah, where it kind of looks like it's just kind of morphing. Yeah, I can understand that. I think this scene does it better than a lot of scenes. However, with that being said, if you don't like it, I totally understand. Yeah, and then of course that's separate from what she's actually seen, which is more interesting. I'm just trying to pinpoint why I don't like that segment very much. I mean, honestly, a lot of the time. Whether or not you like a segment, whether or not you like a movie, sometimes is really just tone, you know? Yeah, and situation too. Tone and situation. Like, yeah, do you like what's going on visually? And, like, is that aesthetic pleasing to you? Because, like, there are some movies that I like purely based on aesthetics. There are movies that all, I would say, all the movies I love do something with the aesthetics that draw me in. I think a great example of that is The Crow. The Crow is a movie that does not uh, live on its writing. I will say that. Uh, That's true. <laughs> its soundtrack, absolutely. Its designs, 110%. The crazy lines, yes. But however, people are like, how could that director make Gods of Egypt? I can see it. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's really bad, too. Oh, that's such a good bad one. Oh, we should watch that one. It stars Matt Pat. The Gods of Egypt? Isn't yeah. That, isn't that the uh, Jamie from uh, Game oh, yeah. of Thrones? Kingslayer and uh, Matt Pat from Titans. Ah, very exciting. Yeah, as Egyptian <laughs> gods. You have to be careful. Um, as now, Matt Pat from Titans. <laughs> yeah, Matt Pat as an Egyptian, mind you, which is not racist <laughs> yeah, at no, all. Yeah, no, it's just, I find it really funny that, like, <laughs> just in our in our friend group, his, he's just, yeah. like, transcended his name to just be associated as you, Matt but Pat. But it's also you confusing because <laughs> Matt Pat's actually a movie star now because of his great of debut role in five nights at freddy's <laughs> i thought you were gonna say in the two popes where they I'll, reenact the scene where he I'll hands the, the pope popes. undertale <laughs> oh yeah there he goes here's undertale and he goes what is this why did that happen why on earth did you get this to me why did that happen because it's a game with a morality system and he goes you still play playstation 3 games so the Pope Mobile wasn't built out of a uh, assassination Can attempt say- on the Pope's life. It was built out of Matt Pat trying to give the Pope on the tail. <laughs> Every time someone says Pope Mobile, oh, here comes the Nazi speech. This is the last Wait, day. can I can I finish the thought I Go think ahead. you're about to say? Anytime someone uh mentions the Pope Mobile, you think about cars and how the Pope Mobile uh, is a thing for the car Pope. <laughs> Which meant that Which someone means had to that, assassinate yeah, the Yeah, someone pope. tried to assassinate the car Pope. Yeah. Yeah, the Pope of the Catholic Church. <laughs> the Catholic <laughs> Church. Uh, how did they crucify car Jesus? Wait, wait, wait. Was, <laughs> wait, was that car what you Jeepus, were going to say? thank you. <laughs> was that what you were going to say? No. Aww. <laughs> I was going to say, every oh, well, time someone... I like it. That's great, though. Everyone says Pope Mobile. I just think of the Pope rolling up in, like, a pink, like, like a pink, like, Oldsmobile with, like, diamond-encrusted, like, wheels. And He's he like, has, like, yes, I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. It and is... then, like, I don't know why, but, like, I picture, like, Soldier Boy playing, like, and, like with the... <laughs> it's very weird that the fascist organization salute is the same as the black panthers they just raised one fist in the air oh that's weird disney using a fascist like a fascist ideology to make a character and not really understanding the implementations and actually it, it, i don't know that, that's weird to me it's almost like they didn't get it uh. <laughs> well i just i think it was a mistake but it's weird also Ah, no, we don't have to oh, get into that. Man, I love, oh. I love seeing all the beams because I saw a meme today that was like, uh, me at five in the morning when I'm trying to pee and all of it just goes into different streams. <laughs> <laughs> and it has the it has the youngest daughter song playing in the background of It's useless, I tried to know a feel. So, so I got a question for y'all. How does this scene... How does all this destruction work for you? Is there an emotional resonance? I feel to nothing. It? Yeah. I feel absolutely I mean, nothing. I wouldn't say I feel nothing. I think I think if it was just the planets blowing up and maybe just the skylines, sure I might feel nothing, but I think like to to give credit to them, the the people that you see only for a few seconds and see like the look of horror on their face. I, th- I think it like it, it it at least affects me a little bit. I just but I don't think the scene is necessarily about the horror itself. I think it's about more of just like seeing his uh plan come to fruition and seeing like 
how destructive they can actually be, if that makes sense. I can understand that. However, I think that if you don't have the personal gravity of that, like, like a, a good example is this, like, I think it's, I think it's like this, you know, you look at the Leia situation and Leia was raised on the planet that was destroyed. So in that way, sorry, TIE fighters. Um, so in that way, we understand that it's like, okay, we, we can at least feel this person's family, friends, everyone they know yeah. dead. In this case, it's like, oh, five planets that I've never been on, never seen a character. I think that if you would have had them planet hopping throughout this movie and then it, towards the end, Kylo does that to all the planets they've been, that would have been interesting. But I just don't feel like this is the time or place to be like, look at the destructive power of this of this organization. See, I, I feel like it's an escalation that... I don't think I think you can just have a planet killer in Star Wars now and you'd never need to see the uh it used because we know what it does. Yeah. And it it almost feels like they're making it a little too extreme by having it's like it's not just one planet, but it's five. Galaxies are at the same time. Yeah, I'll 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 give you that. I think the, the five is a bit extreme. But I think I think to that credit though, is like you never see Outside of blowing up a couple ships, you never see the second Death Star do it. Yeah, yeah. Which and like I think that, is, yeah. that credits your point and whatnot. Yeah. But also, like, you know, this is the first one of a new trilogy. I feel like you do have to have some show of force with it. That's true. There are but, probably, there were a lot of people who went into this who hadn't seen Star Wars before. So you probably do need to set up the stakes in that regard. Yeah. However, I like the idea of Kylo just hunting them down. I feel like that in itself would have been more terrifying than... They just blow up a bunch of planets that you don't necessarily care about. Uh, it, I think it stopped recording. Oh, it sure did. Please uh, tell me that know. like just happened. It was. Uh, it was. It kept going. It just gave me the. Uh, oh. It just gave me a prompt on my phone for some reason. Okay, oh, so gotcha. no, so nothing's cut out. I don't believe so. No. Okay. Do you want to pause so we can check? Sorry, guys, who we are can. listening to this. All right. Sorry for all those uh, little hiccups just now. This is happening live, as uh, as Rush Limbaugh would say. This is one of the only... Rush Limbaugh, that's not who said it. No, who said it? Oh, Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, okay. I'll have you know. <laughs> oh, no. I've, I've watched that the... clip enough times to be like, that's Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> See, one of my... Oh, my gosh. Traitor! Traitor! I love TR8R. We're doing it live! <laughs> there he is, swinging it around on Fox News. This is so stupid, but also it was a very different time in our lives. I remember sending Caleb a text being like, oh, I just realized that TRADAR is just, uh, <laughs> oh my God. just a little thing to be traitor. As soon as I and saw he, it, I was like, perfect. He replied with a little uh, emoji of like smacking your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> but I like felt the judgment from the sent? other side of the screen. Oh, probably like around the time that the <laughs> yeah, movie came this out. This was yesterday. 2015. <laughs> <laughs> this was last week. Okay, no, Caleb just... would be much more diplomatic about it now. <laughs> I, I'd hope I would be. <laughs> can I just say, there's a part of me that, like, I just kind of don't get this running gag of, like, Han taking Chewie's gun and being like, I like this gun. And I'm like, have you never asked your buddy, hey, man, can I try that thing out? Dude, you don't, touch, cool. another, you don't touch another man's crossbow. You do not. Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> One of my favorite lines from Batman. <laughs> 
I don't like the Tim Burton Batman very oh, much, but I really love some of the lines. This is another track I really like. I think it's called Scherzio for X-Wings. It's another really good John Williams track. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, oh, I hate those helmets, though. Oh, I like the color scheming, though. The I'm color a sucker for red and nice. black. Yeah, me too, but, like, man. I don't know what it is. I think they just look too smooth, which is a weird of, thing to say about a helmet. It's also kind of bulky around the <laughs> head. Yeah. Like it yeah. Kinda, it's a little bulbous. They look a little cone-headish. I have to make sure there's enough room for my noggin. We had to make one of these helmets very specific to Oscar Isaac's misshapen head. <laughs> now, I know what you're wondering. Why would I call it misshapen? Because it is. The uh, the special features just have, like, they keep cutting back to this one costume designer who just keeps insulting Oscar Isaac. Yeah, him and his weird head. <laughs> Did you ever notice that one of Oscar Isaac's legs is slightly longer than the other one? Did you know that part? Did you know that part of... Hugh Neutron over there? Oh, like... <laughs> uh, Jimbo! Because one of my legs is slightly longer than the other. One of my favorite lines, I, I watched an episode of Jimmy Neutron recently, and he looks at Jimmy and his mom, and he says... <laughs> He says he's like, oh, I got my two good luck charms right here. My rabbit's foot and my driftwood monkey. And he just pulls pulls out two random things. Listen, Hugh Neutron is such a well-written character in the show. I love that he Because he's so simple, but he's just so much fun. Every he, line he has is great. He goes <laughs> to the grocery store with his wife so that he can eat the loose grapes that fall out of the bag <laughs> and he comes home and she's like, Oh, your father ate a, ate a bolt. <laughs> then thinking it was a grape. And he's like, it looked like a grape. <laughs> well, it looked like a grape. Anyway, Kylo Ren. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. There's this like really intense action scene going on. I, we're like, listen, you knew Jimbo is the peak of cinema. <laughs> I, I'm going to send you to the Shadow Realm, Jimbo. <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy, I summon my summon skull. Sorry, it kind of sounds like Pegasus from Yu Gi Oh! <laughs> kind of a boy. Um, oh man, that's my dub of this movie. Every line Kylo says is Pegasus from Yu Gi Oh! <laughs> How do we feel about this being their first interaction? I think that if anything, what's really cool is that like Kylo does a pretty good job of like being very visceral with the way he uses the force. And so I like that. It's not just that you can't move. It's that I am gripping you so tight that you're shaking. Yeah. And I, and like, I put you in like a weird position too. Like that's not, that's very uncomfortable with one hand being like pulled behind you and stuff. Right. You can't do anything. It's like a submission hold in wrestling kind of. Kind of. Yeah. And then he can just knock someone out with the force. Oh yeah. I get you with the force grippery. Cause here's the thing. Like people talked about. <laughs> Is that macho man Kylo Ren? <laughs> that's right. Macho man Ren coming at you. You sometimes to do a Randy Macho Man Savage voice, you gotta make your eyes real small like what? this. Because it really why is Kylo Ren Macho Man. <laughs> I don't know. Because so we were talking about wrestling moves, and I thought of a wrestler, and I oh, like I oh. like doing his voice. I just <laughs> I just missed that connection, <laughs> and so I was just like, Why do you question these things? Just go with it at this point. All right. I go with Steven, so many of them. Steven, I only what was so your purpose in making a dumb voice? And make a dumb voice. Alex. All right. Steven, <laughs> you never make dumb voices. I, 
that's a lie. It's <laughs> like it's like it's that's like, misinformation that's, right hey, there. Dude. I once had a friend say to me, Stephen, call me Fibonacci because <laughs> I be Fibonacci. <laughs> dude, I once had a friend tell me, Stephen, we actually can't. I can't do your voice because you do so many voices. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you. I was like, that means a lot. Oh, what if, like, what if, like, <laughs> at five years of knowing Steven, he's just like, he's like, Alex, Caleb, I need to bring you all into a room for a second. <laughs> and we're like, all right, what's up? And he's like, the voice you've heard this whole time has been me doing a voice. And then he just starts talking like this. <laughs> Dude, they did that in Family Guy. Where Stewie was, like, in an episode where he was like, you know, this isn't even really my real voice. And then, like, he starts going, yeah, this is how I actually talk. Oh, to put down the facade. And I'm like, screw you. Like, this sucks. Oh, I'm you like that with every episode of Family Guy. Fair. Oh, yeah, screw but you. Hey, Alex. <laughs> Every yeah. year that passes is one year closer to us doing our Family Guy podcast. Are <laughs> <laughs> you threatening what to do we a Family say, Guy? Don't we have to like both be dads or something? I think we have to be in our forties. Oh, like, in our forties. Yeah, we okay. have to be dads, but also like the kids have to be grown up a little bit. <laughs> we'll definitely have too many commitments to actually be able to do a podcast. Oh yeah, and especially day. like one on what every episode. Yeah. I think is what we do. <laughs> so once a Family month. Guy will still be going when we're in our 40s and doing this <laughs> but you know, yeah, always remember uh, the time when i couldn't remember the time because i was so freaking old i probably mentioned this on the podcast before but uh, yeah caleb caleb <laughs> told me one time that he wanted to do a uh a, a podcast on fam on every episode of family guy but only when we're like old enough to basically be peter griffin in yeah a, in situation. <laughs> once we are family guys <laughs> yeah once we are family guys and i was like oh Hell yeah, I'm down for that. And then I brought it back up to him like a year later, and he was like, that's an idea I had. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I've been excited about it. He goes, oh, that's a dumb idea. It's it's that. It is a dumb idea, but it sounds awesome. It's like that in the 400th anniversary of King Kong Kichikichikamie. Those are what's keeping me going. 500. 500 yes. years. That's what's keeping me going. Back to the movie for, what just, year? for just a second. If <laughs> what, we can year? Go... what year is that going to be? Uh, I remember? can check real quick. Okay. <laughs> if we could go back to the movie for just a second, you know, because we're doing a commentary. Steven, this is how I feel every time you All talk right. about Huey Steven, you are whatever. not the one. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the one to tell us to not do a bit. <laughs> I love you. I love you, buddy. Wait, what? I don't know who you were talking about earlier. Hugh Neutron? <laughs> Jimmy Neutron's. You dad. like Huey Newton and the loose? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so we did just get to see Leia back. Yeah, pretty cool. Really good Love. setup for her character. Yeah, it's a shame about the. Yeah, um, um, actually, well, we can't make the joke about that because that yeah, I could, but I won't. <laughs> oh my god, we get Wendy also. I ship this. I ship these two together. No, yeah, because she's not C three PO. Why is she, and why is think, she wearing Han's clothes? I did think for... I did. <laughs> it's like Empire Strikes Back all yeah. over again. I do love that Family Guy is the one that pointed that out. And they're like, no, seriously, look back at this scene. <laughs> like, I did think about um, 
for our February episode, having an episode about shipping. And then I'm like, wait, no, we can't do that because I have so many weird ships that like y'all think that C-3PO and Chewie is a weird one. That's like <laughs> the normal one. <laughs> we can't wait, go deeper. All right, thing. Alex, Alex, you're going to, you're going to name a character and then I'm going to name the other character and that's going to be the ship. Okay. That care that he's talking about. Do we have to do it at the same time? Like three, two, one character. Yeah, three, two, one. Okay, so right. three, three, two, two one. one. Baba, Frick. Jabba and Babu just... Frick. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Make this ship work. All right. <laughs> hey, hey. Uka baka Babu Frick. I love you, little. Uh, Babu. We have to make it to twenty forty-eight. 2048? Yeah, yeah, that's doable. Okay. <laughs> Family Guy. That's tw- doable. Family Guy 2048. Hopefully we'll be alive in 2048. 2048 is for the King Kong Kichikichikamie anniversary. Um, Can you please? 500 years. That's insane. That's a lot of years. I'm done. Do you think that <laughs> almost 500 years ago, someone wrote that song and it was like, in almost 500 years, it's two people are going to. Two podcasters. <laughs> What are you guys talking about? Kaimo, Kimo, Kimo, way down under the hollow tree, and out on a bat and a bumblebee. King Kong, Kitchen Kitchen Kaimo. I, oh my gosh. Last time we hung out and you hated it. Yeah, that's why my brain apparently deleted it. Like, what? Is this worse than Salt Crate? It's up there. It's up there. Oh my gosh, we get to have like a whole segment my favorite of Salt thing. Crate on the next Oh, <laughs> on yeah. the next commentary. Uh, uh, my favorite <laughs> so many thing was salt. that in Revenge of the Sith where you started talking about Corky Kenobi and then Alex had to step in and say, okay, can I stop this bit? Like, <laughs> and I really loved that. Um, yeah, no, next next commentary will be our first uh, sponsored episode of the pod. Sponsored, sponsored by, by BetterHelp. <laughs> sponsored by BetterHelp, because Lord knows we're all going to need it. It's like Loot Crate, but when you open up your crates, it's just a bunch of salt. <laughs> You're never going to guess what's inside. Is it going to be ice Guys, salt? Is it going to be table no salt? Idea. Is it going to be pink Himalayan salt? <laughs> it's just like... It's just like a little uh, uh, multiple choice from like who wants to be a millionaire. It and it's be... like, what's in the crate salt? <laughs> Is it going to be a fully sized person just named Crate Salt? He's like, I'd like to phone my dad. Oh my God, can we please a, stop this? Who's currently a salt miner on the my planet. My body is rejecting this. We're about, to get, we're about to get to the best line in the movie. Also, is it where Daniel Craig says, Are you telling me this Kylo Ren fella has kept you here against your will? Here we go, here we go. Adam Driver. Pretty boy. He looks so young. It has only been nine years. He's such a pretty boy. Um No, but what is sorry, I'm just waiting for the line. I'm trying to prompt it, but I'm just waiting for the line. Is it the line I think it is? It's almost certainly, uh, if it is in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> what line? Oh, okay, I guess you'll, we'll you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> How do we feel about this as a torture scene in Star Wars? Uh, it's kind of sexy. Are you a Raylo shipper? No, 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 no. We're not doing this. Oh, we're not doing this. <laughs> oh, I have a friend. I'm I a great a... salt shipper. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it says something. So lonely. 
I do think it says something about Kylo that he has to literally tie a woman to a chair to get her to talk to him. And even then, he has to then use the force. Like, here's the thing. He's a good looking man. The man just has no riz. You imagine an ocean? I, I see, see it. it. I, I see the, the island. island. I love that line. It's so such a much. funny line. I see it. I and see just the island. way it's like colloquially evolved to where people just say like, I see it. I, I see, see the island. island. <laughs> Why do you make him sound like that? Because it's he doesn't because that's sound how your like brain that. Pictures yeah, it's it evolved from in a memory. It's evolved <laughs> from <laughs> Adam Driver to Patrick Star. Like <laughs> I was gonna say, it sounds SpongeBob, like I see grasp it. it in your hand. Firmly grasp it. Oh my like gosh! It. So fun. So I'm not gonna say what he says, but I just want to say this: If you guys have ever, have you guys ever seen Jennifer's Body? Yeah, no. I love Jennifer's body. Okay, so Great the movie. guy who voices Patrick Starr plays like one of the police chiefs whose like kid gets like killed, and That's there fun. is a deleted scene where he is screaming like for Jennifer and saying what he's going to do to avenge his kid, and it just sounds like Patrick Starr, and the things that he is saying are really funny. I like, never noticed that. It is I, a deleted scene from the uncut oh, okay. version. Watch okay, the uncut why. version if you can, and it's really funny. That's a great movie. Yeah, uh, very ahead of its time, honestly. Also, Amanda Seyfried, never bad. Mm. Chris Pratt showing up for one scene. One whole second, and guess what he does? He plays Chris Pratt. (laughs) (laughs) The precursor to Parks and Rec. Also, the song that the band sings in that sounds like a youth group worship song. 110%. We rewatched it for Halloween, and it was like very like, oh, man, this is going to be flashbacks. <laughs> this is like, very CCM <laughs> core. <laughs> for a band that's CCM actually core. Satanists. Like... Yeah. <laughs> you didn't tell me she'd be a girl, Snow. <laughs> you said she'd be a lady. But she was rude on me. Adam, you have to get over this. Stop watching Andrew Tate and listen to me. Adam, I understand you're in the show, girls, but you don't need to be hateful towards girls. I I told you I was swearing them off once the show ended. (laughs) And then Noah Baumbach called and he's like, you're getting act with Scarlett Johansson. I'm like, I can't pass that up. (laughs) Y'all, I and s- then Patterson came <laughs> along and they said, you're going to be in a relationship. And I said, damn it! <laughs> I zoned out and I was just watching the movie. And then I just, I started noticing what y'all were saying. And I just have no idea what you're talking about. I love the idea of Adam Driver secretly having this resentment towards having to have a partner. And everybody's like, damn it! That's why he's playing. That's why, that's why Logan Lucky was so nice for him. <laughs> Man, Logan Lucky's a good movie. Oh man, another another movie with him and Daniel Craig. Yeah, <laughs> and Daniel Craig doing a doing a weird Southern accent. Yeah, once but again. not the weird Southern accent he's known for doing gosh, now. The oh my gosh, the I don't like Glass Onion very much, but man, his line where he, the the it's not even in the movie. The meme of so you are telling me that uh, this a uh, shrimp fried this rice? <laughs> <laughs> it is the funniest. <laughs> I do declare so, that a so shrimp did in fact fry this rice. Did in fact uh, fry this rice. So this is it's Daniel. It's so stupid. It's brilliant. No, the, it's the, just stupid. This Daniel. This is Daniel Craig Stormtrooper, yeah. right? Yeah. It would have been a f- well. Maybe they did it. I don't. I don't care enough about Rise of Rise of Skywalker to know if they had a celebrity cameo as a as a stormtrooper. But that would have been had a fun John one. Williams. 
Oh, really? Yeah, for a split second. He's oh, there with yeah, 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 yeah. You can straight up trooper. see him. And yeah. he has a weird eye thing, and he's like, I'm John Williams. And everyone's like, what? And then they cut to the next scene. Yeah, but he's not. I want them to. I want the thing to be you can't actually see who it is, and it only gets spread through word of mouth. See, uh, the, man, I so badly wish they would have kept that Tom Hardy scene in Last <laughs> Jedi. It would have messed well, with I the pacing what, so boy, much. You're so good. Never fit you for Captain Mateo. Yeah. Yeah. If I can't cut her head off, I'll cut the chair in half. I really love all of the, the the humor that they add to this movie as well. It's a I lot think, of visual humor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie in particular, I think, pulls off the humor that, like, would fail in, like, the next two. Because the next two, it kind of feels like they're trying to appeal more to, like, the MCU kind of crowd. Well, I think This kind of feels just, like, natural energy between the characters. I think Poe is that. Like, I think he is the MCU character in these movies. Definitely. And it works here because he's very minimal in the background. Uh, okay, talking about this scene real quick. One thing I don't really like is that we were talking about, you know, planet killers and having to demonstrate that power or whatever. I completely agree you don't have to demonstrate that power at this point. Because in this scene alone, they're like, here it is. And one guy even says, it's another Death Star. And it's like, we got it. You know, like, we understand. Admiral Akbar, I missed you. I hope nothing happens to him. Oh my God. That uh, the <laughs> guy who was with Lando. Yeah. What's his name? I have no clue. He looks so tired. He's like, I've been fighting this war for 30 years. <laughs> like, a resi- I know they wait, had the, with Lando. Wait, the, the, uh, dude, uh, the dude, the alien dude, the who fish has, like, guy. The, yeah, fish guy. Oh, oh, I thought he meant in the scene. I was like, Lando's not in the scene. Who are you referring no, to? No, 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 no. He was, <laughs> sorry, yeah. He, no, 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 you're good. I don't I know just, his I name. I misunderstood, I misunderstood. Literally, the only context I have is, you are in the cockpit with Lando. <laughs> I think thinking about the oh, resistance. Oh, nine yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's his yeah, name, yeah. yeah. I think, because the resistance, I think, is very undercooked, and you don't get a very good sense of it in these movies. Which I guess is fine because it's just shorthand for the rebellion continuing. But I think you could explore more like how like how many people in this are like veterans of the previous war versus like people who like almost idealize the idea of being in the war. And now they have the chance to do that. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff you could do, too, because the, the one interesting thing about the resistance is it feels very much like the most extreme members of the rebellion because it's the people who are unsatisfied with a good status quo. Cause this is set up with a good status quo in the sense that like there is a Republic in power. It, the problem for me though, is that there's a Republic in power and yet this resistance is not technically part of the Republic yet it fights for it. Well, yeah. And it's so, like the most extreme version. It's like, yeah, I, they're the leftist to the Republicans liberal. I guess it's like, I see what you're saying. I just don't necessarily think that that's fertile ground for starting your trilogy. I find it kind of weird that in this one, it's like the Republic has been better and now it's worse again. And we don't know how I think I kind of wish it would have just been like formally. Hey, Leia is in charge of the military. Hey, you know, it's just a military offshoot. Maybe it's more structure. Maybe they have the advantage of structure, but the structure is failing them. And whatever Kylo is doing is disrupting that. I feel like that would have been a much more 
fertile place to kind of go for story. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this I think it would have just been oh, more sorry. I think it would have just been easier if they were just the Republic and not the Resistance. It would have if... I feel like the Resistance is trying to capture too much of like the rebellion and trying yeah. to make them the little guy when they don't need to be that in this situation. I, think... I love that that cough just perfectly cut off what I was saying and was like, you know, this is probably a good time anyway. Go ahead, Caleb. The... <laughs> You automatically understand the political setup of the original trilogy. The political setup of the of Phantom Menace is maybe not as intuitive, but like whatever. This I don't. They never really even try to explain the political yeah. setup, and I feel that's because they're like, well, we can milk in all these other like in these books and in these comics and in these spinoffs, and they never really like they had the Resistance cartoon. But I don't think that really expanded on anything. Yeah. And I just, I wonder if maybe that is a problem with building your, building everything to be a franchise. Well, I think that like, there's just like, I think that you should have just done something different. You know, I understand you could have some story beats that are kind of the same and to mirror it in a way to call back and say, hey, here's how we're kind of doing our story. But it's just kind of, I don't know. Overall, it's like I like the movie, but then you look at the whole direction of it and you kind of go, ah, I just wish it would have been something a little bit different, you know? Yeah. And maybe if, you know, that's one of those things where maybe if the rest of the trilogy had gone differently, we would see it differently. But I love this line. <laughs> so uh, for those of you watching along, we uh, we are at the part where they're trying to get into the base and uh He's telling Han Solo, Finn's telling Han Solo that he's a janitor. He says, that's not how the Force works. We, of course, are very invested in the lives of janitors in Star Wars. Yes. Uh, if you are wanting to learn more about that. Uh... Learn about the character who shall not be named in our We Tried to Write a Fan Fiction episode in which we try to use <laughs> a J.K. Rowling fan fiction writer. <laughs> Go to... It's a Harry Potter fan fiction writer. It's Same not like difference. someone being like, Joanne, I can fix all her opinions with my fiction. I'm going to manifest it. <laughs> I can fix all of Joanne's I opinions. I can fix her. <laughs> I can fix her. Chewie grabs Captain Phasma. I can fix her. <laughs> Gwendolyn Christie, also just a great actress that, like, I think has gone on to do a little bit more after this. But, like, I feel like she get way more. I'm happy with the exact amount of Phasma. I do wish Phasma had been in Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been funny if they had killed her in every episode and she had still come back. <laughs> yeah. <That'd have> <laughs> but might as well at that point. She fits into a grand Star Wars tradition of a character who has a cool design and there is nothing else to her. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fine. <laughs> it's kind of, it's weird. Sometimes I, I think about that where it's like, it is the appeal of Star Wars in the sense of like, well, there's always supplemental material if you want to know about that cool looking character. And if that character becomes big enough, it kind of becomes a big thing. You know, it becomes like a big thing with the fans. I think that weirdly enough in the sequel trilogy here, it feels more like hollow than it does in the previous ones. And maybe that's just because they've been around for longer and I've been able to adjust to the character. But I don't know. There's nothing really that memorable about Captain Phasma. Like, besides, man, that's cool she has a cape, and Gwendolyn Christie's pretty cool and shiny. It is very shiny. Shiny. I have... But I think I think that's a good point, though, is uh, 
I don't. She doesn't stand out as much as the other ones do. Yeah, you think because like Fett. you think about yeah. Well, Boba Fett was like the kind of the original version of that yeah. of like a character that doesn't have a whole lot of substance, but he looks cool and he kind of became a fan favorite out of that. Right, and gets... whereas she's just she's just a metal stormtrooper. Well, okay, with the staff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it is the role in the story because I think that the three from each trilogy, obviously Boba Fett. But he was like kind of a side villain, so there was he could do interesting things that the Empire maybe couldn't. Yeah. Then you had Darth Maul, who obviously got expanded later, but just in those movies. Hell, I think about all the bounty hunters too: Dengar, IG eighty eight, my man Bosk. Yeah, Bosk. Awesome. I love Bosk. I'm yeah. a Bosk boy. Hashtag Bosk boy. Hashtag Bosk baby. I would. I would watch a movie called Bosk baby. I would. <laughs> I would watch a version of Boss baby Probably with Bosk if... baby. <laughs> But only if it's a baby trans ocean running around killing people. <laughs> <laughs> and he he's, gets into some wacky wearing, adventures. He's wearing a suit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a bigger yellow suit. His, his hands barely fit in it. He's like dragging it around. Oh, no. I'm talking about the boss baby suit. Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Bosk baby. The Bosk baby. Uh, what do we think about the stormtrooper designs where it looks like they have no eyes? It's the tiniest little line. I'm fine with that. that that's it makes sense too because like they can have other type of sensors and stuff. Yeah, it's just kind of like it's very like avant garde. <laughs> well, <laughs> like it, for stormtroopers, if the first order is anything, it's avant garde. <laughs> We're fascism light. <laughs> <laughs> the free, the free version of the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> the the seven day trial version of the empire upgrade now for 599 to experience lord vader <laughs> super fascism i do wonder how much this will be how how often do you think we'll go back to this era in like cuz they're doing the ray the ray movie that expands on it but do you think that we'll, like, in 10 years' time, there'll be enough nostalgia for the sequels that they can go back? And it's like, we're now going to explain how the First Order happened. It starts with a little boy named Hux. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> well, they've okay. already established his dad in uh, The Mandalorian. Oh, did they? Yeah, cause literally, and it's played really? by Dom Hall Gleason's brother. So, huh. like, literally, they're like, Admi they're like Admiral Hux. And he's, like, in the background with Grandma, uh, with the uh, Moff Gideon. And like a bunch of other people, and they're talking about Project Necromancer, which spoilers as to what that might be. Oh, um, yeah, but oh. he's like, oh, hello, Hux. And it's like, oh, okay, that's his dad. Got it. So they're at least setting that up, unfortunately, to, well, not really, unfortunately. If you can make it work, you can make it work. I think that really it depends on like the context around it. For me personally, I, as an adult who saw these movies, don't find the entirety of all three of them very memorable. There are scenes and characters that stand out. With that being said, I also am not a child who has been re-watching these movies over and over and over again the same way I did with the prequels and the originals and having that context. Now that I have that, I'm able to be an adult that holds that in high regard. So what they do in the future is going to be based kind of on the fans that are around and what they got out of it. I just think there will be a lot, there's probably a lot more potential in this era than anywhere else because it's so undefined. And if, if Lucasfilm came to me as like, you can work on a project, 
it wouldn't be set in this era because I already have a back pocket pitch for Lucasfilm. <laughs> uh, I want to ma- I want to talk about Reva some more, but oh, um, no. my <laughs> yeah, if, I'm sure they're really a part of that. They're if like, they bring did it on, not want Reva. <laughs> I, oh yes, I, we'll definitely do that. This Absolutely. is why Lucasfilm will never. Besides the fact that I'm not qualified, will never hire me <laughs> because my two pitches are a character no one liked and an era that is very controversial. <laughs> Wait, Reva in the sequel trilogy? No, 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 no. But if they wouldn't let me do Reva, then I would pitch something in the sequel trilogy. Oh, okay. Because I think there's just so much room to play. Well, I think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just, it's all set up and, like, no actual... Nothing was answered. I think that, like, they could probably do something along the lines of... With the new Ray movie, I imagine that they might just be kind of going, all right, how can we get... How do I put it? How can we like write the I ship? I hate seeing Chewie's fingers. Oh. Oh no, I love it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Would it be better if he had his paw and then one finger extended from the paw and it made like a I noise just... and then he hit the button and then it went back in? I just don't think Would you that need to. Is he just Wolverine or something? <laughs> yeah, he's Wolverine, but it's fingers. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine if Wolverine shot fingers out instead of his <laughs> He just has a. <laughs> He just has weird. He looks like a foogly. Instead of snicks, <laughs> what would the sound effect be? Because oh. <laughs> how do you write that out on the page? I don't want to know. B R M M P H. That is that is just as memorable as snicked, and I love it. Snicked. Uh, thwip. Not thwip is Spider Man. Yeah. Um, I love too that they, wouldn't there like a copyright thing with that where they were like, no, Thwip is exclusively the noise that Spider Man's web. Yeah, make. yeah. Thwip, Snicked, and Bamf are all I'm pretty sure tied to their characters, and you can't use them. What's Bamf? That's uh, Nightcrawler teleporting. Cool. I think I love that it's Bamf. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think no one but Marvel can use those. Oh wait, yeah, how did face. they spell it? B A M F. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like it's oh, how, it's like how you think it's spelled. Okay. Yes, before the before, before it was that the acronym. acronym. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> that would... now it's just cooler. <laughs> <laughs> before Philip DeFranco. Sup, <laughs> uh, you beautiful pamps. <laughs> what where, where should Philip DeFranco uh fit into the Star Wars universe? Who would we get him to play? Oh, oh easy. god. Easy. Um... He's Kylo. <laughs> You know what? Have him be a random stormtrooper cameo. <laughs> Just be the weirdest cameo you can possibly do. Stop getting beautiful. <laughs> oh, he's he's Snoke because then he can tell Kylo, "Don't be stupid, stupid." And you, Master of the Knights of Ren, should really be aware that you're able to do this and that. Your father, Han Solo. <laughs> Man, talk about a person you can see mature greatly over the course of his career. Man. <laughs> Uh, anyway, his old thumbnail. Welcome man. back to Philip DeFranco therapy. I'm Alex. So, so, what do we think about him naming him Ben Solo? I like the name Ben. Yeah, like, and I think I think callback especially makes sense with Leia as they've expanded that relationship. That she would probably want that because, like, but it also says something about like Han has he never showed Obi Wan that much respect, but the process of losing him and then joining the rebellion. He probably thought back on that relationship and had more admiration for him. And there is something to the fact that like he even, I mean, I love the moment earlier where, gosh, Adam drivers, he looks so young, but his ears look so big, (laughs) like just underneath the hair. They just look like they are so big. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh, I've never noticed it's that before. It's so weird. I just want to touch him and go, eh. He's got those Obama ears. <laughs> I'll uh, tell you what, Han Solo, uh, I really don't like you very much. The way you treated me as a child, that's my audition, George Lucas. I know what I have Barack, to do. I'm not making the movie. I'm but I don't know if I have the strength to do I it. I sold it. $4 million. <laughs> well, listen, if you'll just give me a chance to audition for you, George. I'm not writing the movie. Emma. This is... <laughs> this is... Sorry. I don't know what that bit was. <laughs> this reminds me of the scene in Blade Runner 2049 where Harrison Ford is visibly confused by Jared Leto's acting choices. Here, <laughs> here, I feel Actual like... Actual cult leader, Jared Leto. I feel like him and Adam Driver are on the exact same page. And, like, they... I feel like they're two actors who approach their roles in, like, a very practical... Like, they take it seriously, but it's a very practical approach to them. Yeah, it's kind of like... I think in the same way that, like, I don't... Personally, I don't think that Adam Driver will ever do something with marvel or dc i really hope he doesn't honestly because with him i look at it like i don't need a franchise to make me feel better i don't need to like be a huge fan of what i'm doing i just have to be a fan of what i'm doing yeah so i'm a fan of acting i'm not a fan of the character that's why even i mean obviously harrison ford's a good sport about it but like when people were like, what if Han Solo and Indiana Jones met? And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> what does he say? It's like, what would they say to each other? And he goes, hi. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Next <laughs> question. <laughs> this is slightly off topic. And I know it's to rehash a text I sent y'all. But that TikTok that I sent y'all a couple weeks ago of uh, someone asking Harrison Ford, uh, if he, what he would do if they made another holiday special, and he was just like, "I'd kill myself." <laughs> Dude, so funny! Oh man, <laughs> I am so happy I just found that out in the wild. A similar thing happened with George Clooney recently, where they asked him if he'd ever come back uh, to Batman, and he said, "There aren't enough drugs in the world to make me want to come back to that." Would this scene have been stronger if it had been more? private like if if i think you need at least one character there so people know what happened to han and i think that character should be chewy would it have been stronger if ray and finn weren't there to react i think i think so i think personally i would have preferred if luke and leia were there Luke, Leia, and Chewie, at least, because I think the context of Han dying only matters to really two people in this room. And, like, you know, I know that Finn and Ray care about him, but, like, they, they've known him for a day. And meanwhile, she's crying, and it's like, Leia and Luke uh, the are fingers just, again, sorry. Uh, there, uh, <laughs> his retractable thumbs. <laughs> Chewie's, retra- Chewie's retractable thumbs! <laughs> Get yours today. <laughs> they make that sound every time. Um, I don't know. It kind of makes me go like, I wish that it also, I don't know. It's it's a lost opportunity of like Luke not being able to see Han one more time. I'm That makes me genuinely sad. Yeah. Well, yeah, but also I'm okay with the fact that Luke doesn't see Han again because, I mean, that's just, that's life unfortunately just yeah. like especially like when you're up at that age and like you know and a galaxy like this where stuff is always happening you're not always going to get that final goodbye and i think I, I i think that that's 
probably okay because it's probably something that Luke has to work out, work through himself. Yeah, I think the only thing that would have been kind of cool, I mean, Mark Hamill even said it. He was like, me showing up in the scene would have made a whole lot more sense. And I was like, I kind of agree. Um, like him being the one who gets his lightsaber because he's showing up because he sensed <sighs> that Han died. I'm like, I get I, that. However, I like this scene on its own because it propels the characters that have been yeah, established. In this movie. Yeah. That's it's... actually one of my favorite moments where he like hits the spot where like Chewie shot him because it's like, it's not just that like, He's getting the rage up from the hurt. It's that, like, I just killed my dad, and my dad's best friend just shot at me, and now I'm hitting the wound that he just gave me. Well, he's hyping himself up. He's, yeah. He's feeling the pain, so the pain doesn't hurt him more. It's so good. Yeah. I love that. Sorry, Caleb. What were you saying? Um, I, I think Luke showing up here would have been a bunch of mistake for many different reasons. Um mainly because i do think it would have taken away from ray and finn's characters but also then it's like well where have you been this entire time um yeah i don't know i that's just fair. i think that this whole finale as as cool as star killer is in the sense that it's like it's a planet killer that's a planet it's it's like a big threat or whatever i feel like they could have scaled some things down a little bit and it would have maybe made it a little bit more personal um yeah, that makes sense. Because, like, this fight feels scaled down, and it's one of the coolest things in the finale. Honestly, mm-hmm. the lightsaber fight... Uh, actually, this entire last lightsaber fight, I think, is one of my favorites in recent memory because it's much more visceral. I think one complaint people have is, like, oh, the choreography isn't great. It's like, yeah, this guy hasn't fought another person with a lightsaber in yeah, a long neither time. neither of these guys know how to fight. Exactly. <laughs> They're swinging baseball bats, like. And dude, I, when he uh, when he slices up Finn's spine, you're just like, oh, like it's just such a, it's an injury we haven't seen in Star Wars before. Yeah, it's really cool. Like it's just, and I say that it's really cool he got injured, but I, I do, like I do remember that moment in the theater being a very good one. I mm-hmm. like her face. She looks almost surprised that yeah. she was able to catch it. And I like that, too. There is a nervousness with her. I kind of wish, though, for me, I think it would have been really cool for Luke to have to train her and Finn. If you were going to make Finn a Jedi, like, that would be cool. I think both of them learning together. And I think, if anything, them having the two paths of, like, one maybe being more aggressive and one being more, like, passive or, like, pensive would have been kind of cool. To show, like, the two different sides of the Force that Luke could explore yeah i don't know it's such a it's such a what if that i have trouble engaging with it but i, I don't I know i just keep thinking I, of it i'm sorry i, I don't no, mean no, to keep bringing it up like i i do think we should have that episode I, something about it and i just need to think about more something about finn being a jedi just kind of feels wrong but i don't know what it is um i'm not saying that it's a wrong it's your opinion so it's obviously not actually wrong but something about it to me just feels a little bit off and i'm not sure what it is hmm. um i'm gonna have to think about that more. you know i can kind of understand that because it's kind of like so- the idea of Sokka being a bender in uh, yeah, avatar yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that would remove something from the yeah because it's like you have two bender characters already i guess with this one it's like either have poe be that character or have finn be that character don't flirt with the idea of finn maybe being a jedi like just Go hard with it and let these two characters experience that together. Yeah, but I bet if, like, you sat down and you presented, like, a full treatment for Finn becoming a Jedi, you you probably could win me over given enough time. 
If you were to print it out in triplicate and give me at least 18 different well, pages yeah, like, of why it would work, maybe then, Stephen, I'd give your stupid idea no, some credence. No, I'm just saying this. Like, I think, I think, like, like, I think it isn't, it's not a bad idea. It's just, I don't know about it yet. And I, I think maybe that would be make a good for a good episode down the line that might be interesting especially because we've been told we need to fight more uh, uh, yes joe said you're all too agreeable you all got along too well it's kind of the point of the show joe <laughs> oh my god by the way i uh are we subtweeting him right now i love joe oh i'm not oh, i'm not subtweeting i'm adding him uh, <laughs> hey joe keep your opinions to yourself speaking of which no, joe, joe, your, your opinions i'm kidding they are valid valuable. they are valid they're not always addressed but they are valid we love you <laughs> speaking of which uh so today i wore uh i wore one of the gifts i got for my birthday i wore uh the ghost sweater that uh sarah got me oh, i thought are... you were talking about the other one. Oh, i'll get there um uh, the sh- but joe my dear friend who's the only other person i know who loves bionicles as much as i do um got me a shirt of bionicle with the logo for the band nirvana on it which is one of the dumbest <laughs> so most, funny most specific things i washed it and i put it on today because i was like oh man i'll wear that underneath and if i take it off it'll be maybe, maybe it'll be funny my friends will see it during the commentary and then uh i put it on and it was way too huggy uh, no. too my fat. and then sarah looked at me and she said oh i can be a goal shirt i said oh yeah totally because then i won't look fat and stupid i'll just look stupid <laughs> and she lost it and i was like yeah sarah no offense this is not the goal shirt that no I honestly have. though this is hilarious though and i love it that's such a that's such a funny that would be such a funny bit which is Unfortunately, my main motivation in doing things a lot of the time is uh, committing to bits. And a Nirvana <laughs> Bionicle shirt being your goal shirt is a hilarious. Honestly, bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, what you guys don't know is I'm gonna do a TikTok of a of, of every single day for the next three years of me wearing that shirt and it getting bigger and bigger as I get like huge muscles. Because <laughs> also like it'll just naturally stretch out over time. But also you're gonna be like a like a what's a muscular character like. Ki- swallow ren. Ren. Yeah, swallow yeah. ren. Oh, we're gonna get to that in a couple months. That'll be great. Or Ben Swallow. This That's is such a great, yeah, yeah. great visual right here. The two uh like the two lightsabers up and they're kinda like in that diagonal pose. And I love it too. It's it's much more visceral. But I like it too that like you can tell that like, you know, she's had some training with her staff. She's had to make it on her own. I love She's the scar scrappy. across his face. Like, and the thing is, if the fight, like, this is what ends the fight. Her knocking him down, because people complain about that a lot, it's like, he would have gotten back up. Yeah, it would have kept going. The fight would have continued. She didn't win there. She just bought herself the time she needed. But it's like, oh no, the planet killer is going to blow up. Yeah, we should probably get away. Oh no. Oh no. This guy looks very upset. Sir, our fascist regime... That's gone. That guy does look like a, <laughs> a fascist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of these guys kind of look like fascists. Well, but they also Lord kind Snoke, of. I'll get you out of here. They so, kind uh, of have uh, a. Hugs, I'm not actually here. I'm, this is a hologram. No, I'll get you out of here. No, come on. Well, 
He starts pulling at the hologram hopelessly. <laughs> they kind of have a have a girl bossification of the First Order where it's like you look at it and the First Order is weirdly diverse for like what's supposed to be a fascist group. And it's very much like a we need more women drone pilots type situation. <laughs> well, yes, I may be. I may be fascist, but at least I'm not sexist. Oh my gosh, dude, you said that. That reminds me of one of my favorite comic crossovers ever. Uh, it was Captain America and Batman. And so Red Skull and Joker team. Oh, up. yeah, that's a great and scene. I, I love it so much because, like, you know, Red Skull, he's, he dresses extreme, and Joker finds out, though, that he's, like, actually a Nazi. And Joker goes, Wait a minute. You don't just wear all that stuff for, like, the hell of it? Like, you're an actual Nazi? Well, I may be a murderous psychopath, but I'm an American murderous psychopath. And he's, like, rolling up his sleeves, and he goes, Stand back, boys! This one's mine! And he proceeds to beat the crap out of Red Skull. I love it. There's a great uh, moment in Marvel where Red Skull is getting a bunch of villains together to plan, like, this big uh, attack on different heroes. And he invites Magneto. And Magneto waits for everyone else to leave. He goes, <laughs> you're the Red Skull from World War II, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, cool. And then he just rips up the building and then, like, traps him in a bunker so beneath good. the ground with only, like, a two-gallon thing of water. That is and so good. And just, like, floats up. It's like, goodbye. <laughs> oh, I love that. That is so good. And the movie's over. Almost. Kind of yeah, a weird, pretty much. It's kind of a weird wrap-up, too, because it's like... It kind of just ends. It kind of just ends, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, unfortunately, this movie has two jobs that it has to juggle. It's kind of like, where are the characters that you love now? And what are these new characters and how do they fit in? Yeah. Um, it's something that the prequels didn't necessarily have to deal with because like with the prequels, it's like, Hey, you know, Obi-Wan and you're like, all right, cool. And yeah. it's like, and there are other people, but it's like, it's not dependent on like, what's Obi-Wan doing right now? What is 19 year old Obi-Wan doing? We got to figure this. It's like, I don't, I don't need to know. It's, it's the difference of telling a story before versus after right like we we want to check in with everyone and we've all come up with our ideas of where they should be and uh well i i just don't think there's a way of satisfying that for a lot of people i don't that's fair like people have been living with their theories about where han luke and leia ended up for for some people for decades and hell sometimes they've read things that they consider to be canon by this point you know books novels entire series of books and novels telling the story of what happened in between or or anything like that and so it's it's i think this movie unfortunately it kind of feels like it's in like a lose-lose position but yeah it can't do anything to satisfy anybody but yeah does that make sense it did really well yeah, I mean, financially, of course. Yeah. But people were happy cool. with it enough. So I wonder if it's like, it was like a delayed problem. I don't know. It's something maybe they didn't consider at the time, because it's like you get new characters in a retro movie that has to do something new, but also recapture the magic of the old ones yeah. due to the... The at the time critical reception of something else. It's a weird position to be Part in. The problem might mm-hmm. be because it has to set up a whole trilogy. Because I'm thinking the other two things that have done this really well are Mad Max Fury Road 
in Blade Runner 2049. And they did not set up anything. Yeah, like, there's going <laughs> to be another, there's going to be the Furiosa movie, but, like, you don't need that movie to tell the full story. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can watch Fury Road on its own, actually outside of all of the Mad Max movies and like it. I think the same could be said for a good number of the Star Wars movies. It just helps if you've seen everything else. Yeah. I guess that kiss is... I don't know. I don't think that's romantic. But She even says, thank you, my friend. Yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> she literally kisses him and then traps him in the friend zone. Yeah, We've true. all been through this, guys. Come on. I call do, it for what it is. I saw, I saw a joke <laughs> online when this came out, and I do really like it. It's the idea of that's like Ray can't handle full sleeves yet, so she gets these partial sleeves. <laughs> what if what if they gave that her is like, so dumb? I love what if it. they gave her a jacket with regular <laughs> sleeves, and she purposely was like, "I can't do this. This is too much." That's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. It's great. Chewie's like, "Finally, I'm free of my deadbeat friend. I can go make something of myself." You know, the only problem... finally someone who's smart. <laughs> you know, the only problem with this ship is going to be all the gambling debts tied to it. <laughs> the what? <laughs> Yeah, we don't really own it. <laughs> Let's just say it's the not ship registered is in borrowed. our names. <laughs> it's not registered in our names. The VIN number is outdated. <laughs> we have been riding on expired tags for three years. Oh, it's kind of to I, the point where if we go there, we're going to automatically get a lawsuit. I rolled on expired tags for so long in Nashville because Man, really? <laughs> well, t- uh, my thing was if I'm still seeing people with the old Tennessee license plates riding around like a year and a half after like we were after supposed to have switched over, yeah. my my tags are expired for a couple months. Can, can, well, those are fine. What you just said is the most forty year old thing you've ever said. <laughs> oh, great! I'm getting I'm yeah. Getting you've you've ever said if the, I still uh, see all of the if I still see all of the old license plates. I'm getting into character for the Family Guy podcast. Good. <laughs> Remember the time First I saw a premiering plate. in 15 years. What if that's the joke about that podcast, Alex? Is that we say we're going to talk about Family Guy and we do watch each episode, but we just never actually bring it up on the and, on the podcast. Anthony Fantano <laughs> has a fantastic uh, bit like that where he reviews a uh, a Lip Biscuit album, but he just makes a smoothie. <laughs> And he just he's like eating it and he's just like he puts bananas in there and it's like a full thing and then he just has the album cover up the whole time and then there and he goes strong three <laughs> i like this setting a lot um i think it's in scotland maybe is where they yeah, film this it's a just it feels different it feels it feels like a different type of like environment to be in yeah and luke looks at her and says if you had the chance to change your feet would you would you, would you? <laughs> you had the chance to change your feet to wheels <laughs> would you and then, he, and then the camera pans down and he she's rolls got, away she's got she's got ripsticks for feet <laughs> uh, look luke look at my ripstick feet <laughs> Uh, here he Ray, is. you'll never believe how much weight they made me lose just to be in 25 seconds of this movie. In any other franchise, this would be the mid credit scene. Yeah, it kind of would be. Ah, he looks so cool. <sighs> yeah, I love Mark Hamill and the way he looks. Yeah. He's just a phenomenal actor. What also, long man. hair Luke. Love it. Yeah, long I- hair Luke is... 
Prime. Long hair, the beard. He's not trying to cover up the hand. Like everything about this is like, ah, uh, I love Hermit Luke. The child killer three thousand, sir. <sighs> Actually, according to my dad, it was the child killer three thousand and one. Uh, uh, just can you please take it? <laughs> now, why don't you go buried in the desert somewhere? Really? <laughs> yeah, by my house or something. Where's your house? I don't know. Just look for the mm, that way. Just look for the burnt skeletons. Yeah, it's fine. Still there. The burnt skeletons. Still burning, in fact. <laughs> Every time they went almost by go there. out, I go These back to Tatooine so and light them on fire. Yeah, I went by there before I hit Jabba's, and I was just like, "This is awful." Okay, guys. So, and that's the movie. We're talking about the charred that's... corpses of <laughs> Luke's Luke's uh, uncle and aunt. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Is. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. All right. I uh, I don't know. I still think it's fun. <laughs> it's it's light. It's not challenging at all. Uh, yeah, perfectly watchable. <laughs> yeah, is a white bread of a Star Wars movie. <laughs> very much, and I, I love white bread. Very low on the list of which ones I'd go back and rewatch, but it's on the list, which I can't say about every Star Wars movie. <laughs> I will say this: I rewatched Rogue One way more than I ever rewatched this one. And if you mm. if and if I wanted to rewatch a movie from that kind of era of Star Wars releases, you would probably catch me watching Rogue One more so than this one. With that being said, I I can't ignore the fact that like seeing Star Wars again in theaters was such a transformative and awesome experience to have as an adult and as much as like it caused the discourse around Star Wars to kind of be volatile, I kind of look at it like, eh, at least it caused people to start talking about Star Wars again. To be fair, it did not cause the discourse to be volatile. (laughs) It didn't cause it. it The the discourse was was around long before we arrived, and it will be around long after we're gone. I could have phrased that better, but you understand what I was trying to say. There was was discourse, and that ain't great. But it was an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan, and a time I don't think will really be recaptured, because it's going to be an ongoing IP from here on out. Yeah. But it's like, I, I've really fond memories of seeing this. Uh, like, Alex and Joe came up to came up to Carbondale to watch it with me because I was still in school. And yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was a good time. Even, even watching it in the park, like I talked about before, there were people who had Kylo and Luke's lightsaber who, when the fight in the snow happened, they lit up the lightsabers like a couple feet away from the screen and they were, like, miming the action. Oh, that's like, cool. Oh, that's fun. So. And here's the thing. We don't have the perspective of, like, children who are watching this. And to be honest, like, I've been probably the harshest critique of that on this whole show. Um, this episode's been pretty zen, which has been pretty nice. And so, like, it's given me the opportunity to kind of, like, reflect on kind of what you said, Caleb, because sometimes I'm just like, no, no children will ever watch this and like it. And then it's like, you always kind of have to reel me in and be like, well, no, Steven, we liked the prequels. And I'm like, damn it, he's right. <laughs> but I'm like, but they're good. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of the times what a kid latches onto is the ideas and how their imagination can run away with it and the potential of the story because they're much more willing to fill in the gaps with stuff. They aren't as worried about continuity or canon or anything like that. And so I, I definitely think this is prime ground for that because as we have pointed out, lots of great starting points in this. Where'd lots of great starting points. Yep. Anyway, see you in six months when we do Last Jedi, I guess. Anyway, you can find me at Stephen Weaven. Um... <laughs> 
Actually, a uh, couple of house cleaning things real quick. First off, if you want to hear more of the three of us, you should go check out Looking for the Oceans episode on Strange Magic. All three of us popped up on there. Uh, yeah, such a very strange tangent for our George Lucas experience. <laughs> um, and we are going to be doing another draft soon. We're going to be drafting uh, Star Wars ships. Uh, so if you guys have uh, drafts, that you would want to put in, like what ships you would draft, email those to us at starwarstherapypodcast at gmail.com and we'll take a look at those before we get into that. It'll be a couple months down the line, so you have plenty of time to think through your lists and send them there. Absolutely, because the last draft we had so much fun with and being able to bring so many different perspectives to it was really nice. So being able to have a bunch of other weird droid, uh, sorry, weird ship suggestions is going to be awesome. I want some really weird ones. I want a ship shaped like Yoda's face. Starwarstherapypodcast at gmail.com. Give us five-star ratings to help us boost in the algorithm uh my name's caleb you can find me at caleb from the real world on instagram and youtube from there you can find my other podcasts the snub club and all new 52 thank you caleb how formal starting off the new year right you can find me at steven weben uh s-t-e-e-b-e-n w-e-e-b-e-n uh also the steven on youtube which is spelled the exact same way as i did alex and you can find me at underscore alex bryson on instagram and twitter and you can also find me at twitch.tv slash st3phe underscore don't forget the underscore the underscore is important very important and we will see you next time when we talk about star wars and And life. life